Sky Blue Stories is recorded at the Hills Podcast Studio at the Bella Vista Hotel. Thank you, guys. Yeah, excited. <laughs> Thank you so much, and thanks for saying I'm your favourite player. Thanks for having me on, guys. No problem. Thanks for having me on. Thanks so much for having me. Um, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. No problems, guys. Thank you for having us. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you for having me on here. Thanks for having me. No problem. Thank you for having me on. Hey, guys. How are you going? No problems at all, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. It's a nice introduction. No problem. Thanks so much for having me on, guys. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for having me, guys. A good laugh, a good chat. So I enjoyed it. Thanks, boys. Hello and welcome back to another edition of Sky Blue Stories. This week we've got quite a bit to get through following up from a two-hour podcast last week. Uh, we've got a couple of derbies to talk about, gents. We've also got the Central Coast Mariners game to preview, as well as a wonderful special guest in one of the current Sydney FC capos <laughs> in Addison Grundy. Welcome, mate, to the studio. How are you? Hello. Good. Thanks for having me. Very good. Very good. Um, that, was just, that was just for you, Winston. You know... <laughs> Current Sydney FC. I heard he is the only current Sydney FC capo that Addison is. Or yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's how I. <laughs> yeah, that's how we. He's like it. shit. Like another hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> no, welcome, mate. Thanks so much for coming in. That's all right. Um, I always happy to be here. Dragging your ass across town, uh, as as I say every single week, as these lovely gentlemen <clears> across <throat> here do. Sean and James are here as well. How are you, dudes? Yo. Traffic was awful. But yeah. yeah, you were stressed from the traffic. Yeah, it was seventy minutes to get here. Oh, I don't <laughs> think I took James seven. Drive. Yeah, something in North Mead. Yeah. Take the M4. Yeah, but I still had to turn on to James Street Drive, and it was <laughs> after that point that it was really get the time for this. Fucked. <laughs> What's the time for that? In, pain away? in yeah. football news, uh, thanks everyone for... <laughs> anyway, <laughs> traffic podcast. Vic La with the yeah. <laughs> traffic update. Yeah. Marina Ivanovic. Because yeah. Luke Ivanovic. Anyway. Uh, what? Football. Reference. Football. 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 Uh, thanks everyone for tuning in again. Thanks for all the feedback last week uh, on, on a very long podcast again. Apologies. Uh, but Rowdy, <laughs> we just couldn't shut him up. Um, Sean, <laughs> Jimmy, Rowdy. your reflections on, on that experience last week. That was pretty incredible. Uh, yeah, what a fascinating guest. Um, I was ex- wasn't expecting him to look like that. I don't know. I was, I was expecting <laughs> this like fifty five year old divorced, you know, father of two, <laughs> obese, overweight. You know, yeah. yeah. I just love numbers, but, <laughs> but but apparently he's not divorced. So no, no, he's happily, uh, uh, yeah, happily married. Yeah, yeah, happily married. Um, I uh, I. I got a lot out of that. I used to be a bit of a stats nerd myself. <laughs> and um, I actually threw sfcstatistics.com, which we'll mention again. How, how do you say it in S- one hit? sfcstatistics.com. Yeah, yeah. commission. Uh, <laughs> if anyone wants a bit of a laugh and they haven't gone and had a look yet on the back of last week, how dare you? Uh, go on there. Use the search function and go look at Sydney FC's uh, grand final victories that they've won in shootouts and have a look at the stats on those pages just for a good laugh. And, and there was a spike, Jonathan. Did Rowdy send you a spike? spike. There, was, there was a, a spike on his website, traffic. Yes. Yeah. Is, this, is this a porn thing? Yeah. Uh, no. No. Okay. No. Not, Not the time. Not Depends what people are using the stats for. Yeah. Thank you. Well, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. On that, Addison, I believe you may have had some reflections from uh, our Rowdy chat last week. Yes, I did. I went on to the SFC stats website. Ah, um, tick. Haven't. It's one of my Cha-ching. one of my times visiting there, and <laughs> one of my times. <laughs> Counted on one hand. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't usually look up statistics oh. very much, but I wanted to. Um, I actually asked the uh, question last week about 
what our win percentage is like when we display TIFOs compared to mm. when there isn't one. Um, so I had a bit of a research and my memory only works as well as back to about 2011. Okay. So I've good. kind of... Last 10 years? Roughly about the last 10 years and I've worked it out. Since 2011, there have been 42 TIFOs. 42 TIFOs. Really? 42 TIFOs. That includes things like ACL, FFA Cup. There's been the odd... We did one for the ACL. There was one for the FFA Cup and a few other bits and pieces there in games maybe you wouldn't normally expect Mm -hmm. them for. Mm -hmm. Um, We won 31 of those games. (laughs) That's incredible. With TIFOs. 31 of those games with TIFOs, uh, five draws and six losses. That's unbelievable. Wow. Uh, When you you compare those stats to our normal win percentage, Addison. What, what, what do we get there? Right. So I had to do a bit of Maths. bit of averaging out and dividing and some math. Yeah. So I looked at our overall record. That's all the way from the start um, because I didn't know anywhere anywhere else to kind of find. You can easily do that on SSC. Those, um, well, there's a guy that does the maths for you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and what did, we, uh, what did we come up with? Yep, so as kind of a ratio to get to 30 wins, so to have 30 wins with our overall results, mm. there would be 12 draws and 18 losses on average. Like so it's about health. three times as many losses and about twice as many draws compared to non-TIFO games. I, um, Rowdy, I hope you're writing this down and uh, I- incorporating it into your website, website somehow. But uh, in all seriousness though, I reckon Rowdy would love the information on what games you reckon we had TIFOs and everything else because he will... He'll tabulate that shit. He's getting off on it right now. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, honey, get to the bedroom. <laughs> the website's spiking again. <laughs> Something spiking. Yeah. Uh, I love when guests do research. Yeah. I just, I did some quick stats oh. myself, some quick math. Uh, and if we've had 42 TIFOs in the last nine and a half-ish years, that's four and a half or 4.42 TIFOs a year. You're a genius. No, that's wow. just literally basic division. Um, yeah. Oh, right. Spotlight. <laughs> cool. But we that's, come on that's phenomenal to the effort of, of you guys and the Cove, right? That you, we're able to put out four-ish, five-ish between four and five TIFOs, like that's huge. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, there's definitely been a few good runs of where we've had a a few TIFOs in a row. Um, Mm. We kind of, we do try and focus on quality and not necessarily how many we get out, but it is good that we're getting that many out roughly every season, give or take, you know, different competitions and stuff as well. Which spotlight do you go to? Spotlight? (laughs) Oh, no. No, no, absolutely not. We go to the, um, those like... (laughs) I don't know how else to describe them, but those cheap material stores you'll see like just in the in the streets and they nice. sell them by wholesales okay. and they're usually called something like wholesome fabrics or, <laughs> or you know Fabulous fabrics. these sort of things and <laughs> they give you they give you special price. <laughs> cash, cash special yeah, price. Cameron. Very good. Very good. No, that's <laughs> fantastic. Uh, that, I'm glad that I'm glad that um, we've inspired you to get statistically inclined. That's uh, that's very, very good. Um, Sean, yo! Why don't we kick on with some around the ground? I've been perusing the Twitter sphere, Instagram, TikTok, you name it. Are you on TikTok? Uh, Bebo, MSN, ICQ, Bebo or Weibo? Weibo. Weibo's Pornhub, the Chinese one. You name it. <laughs> Huawei. Um, but Corona. due to the one, we we all love a Brazilian, especially the players, mm. and and 
Due to Bobo being back, they did a little infographic oh, on, on the... Uh, I know oh yes. you're about to get off on this, James, oh yes. so I'm going to move my chair <laughs> away from you. So you're in the spray zone. Yeah. <laughs> Ectoplasm. <laughs> um, but it came out with the top five players with the most goals per game oh, and it uh, goes without saying that the Brazilian, that is Bobo, whose actual real mm. name I can't really pronounce, so that <laughs> might have to go into that top five I did many moons ago. Um, <laughs> 0.74 goals per game. per game. Yeah, so he's he's almost guaranteed. See so yeah, what he'll do this time around. He's he looks yeah, fit. Yeah, he looks skinny. There are some top players in that top five. It's very, uh, very sure. blue. Yeah. Very blue. Um, there's Alfie, of course, was 0.68. Um, I, no, I totally forgot about him, but what's his face? McCormack? Zero Ross. Ross. Ross McCormack. Is he Scottish? He is. Yeah, yeah. Greg might know him. He was from Villa, wasn't he? Yeah, he was on, yeah. came from Villa, yeah. 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 Also played for Leeds. Thank you. Boring. Oh. And um, <laughs> everyone who loves to hate, hates to love. Um, Beshart yeah. with 0.63 and then there was some other guy. Moving on <laughs> to the next. <laughs> no, there was Yanko. 0.67. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also uh, Mark Yanko. Yeah. So Jonathan actually sent me this during the week. stats <laughs> Jonathan sent me this during the week, and essentially what it shows is that Mark Yanko overperformed considering that he doesn't get and didn't get the service that Adam LaFondra and Bobo got. So if he got got the service that those two got, his goals... Addison, don't you scrunch your face up. (laughs) (laughs) Don't make me come over. (laughs) Yeah, I I will jump this desk, boy. (laughs) If he got the service that Bobo and, and Adam LaFondra are getting, he would be scoring more goals and therefore be even better than Bessart Brucia. <sighs> no. I'm trying to think who was in that team. Um, you had Abini um, yeah, on the side. Um, Naumov was breaking through mm-hmm. that year as well. I'd, who was out? Maybe right. Was Grant at right back? There. Who was at left back? Mark Warren? Oh, God. No. no. <laughs> I think it was, it was definitely... A little bit around that. Smeltz was in there. Was it, could have been Pekovic, Nicola. Oh. I think was it might Tavares have been. Tavares or Fatty in and around. Fatty was in the middle. Yeah. In the GF, yeah, until he got injured oh. and went off. Yeah. Tough one. I think I think Milos version one Rusky, might have been. Yeah. I think I think was Ninko was there. Mm. No, 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 Ninko would have missed Ninko's that. Ninko's after that. After yeah, Milos oh, version really? one. Yeah. But uh, James, you, you, fair, fair point. Difficult to argue. Vedran, Ryle, Zach Anderson, Yerman. Stambolziev, Hall, Dimitrievich, Schmelz, Ninko. Ninko was. Now I'm off. Jacob Tratt, Brandon O'Neill, Brosk. I think that's 15 16. Because um, that's Andrew Hall. Oh, yeah, because there's no Yanko in this. <laughs> so you're looking at a team list with no Yanko. Yeah. Wow. wow. It's quick stats and I'm not rowdy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Anyway, so if you're wondering what the Sydney FC but team for the 15-16 season was, <laughs> it was... <laughs> Addy, this is actually an audition for you to take James's spot. So you're Jonathan's away next week. <laughs> we, um, we never get things wrong like that. You know. Especially not James. Um, wow. But that is a good... That was good, backhanded. Good, good, <laughs> good stats, John. Good stats. What about um, something that uh, uh, one of our... Infamous. One of our wonderful fans. Yeah. Uh, like of, of Sydney FC, not of us. Yeah. Um, one <laughs> of our listeners. We only have Kevin. One of our um, listeners. Infamous Bruno, he, he did it his own channel with some rowdiness um, did. and did some stats with some double headers. He ran a few polls, Twitter, the SC, Sydney FC supporters page and the CAF group. Um, would so you contextually, watch? contextually, yeah. this, is, this is around 
uh, a lot of the crowd disappearing after the derby on yeah, the weekend and, and not, not sticking around for the two thirds, three quarters disappeared. Um, he ran a few polls around the double header. Uh, would you watch both? Uh, Twitter was sixty seven, no, thirty three percent, yes. Just really two thirds no. Mm. Um, it was a little bit more so with the supporters page. Seventy seven percent said yes, they'd hang around. Twenty three percent said no, and then with the CAF group, ninety nine votes, eighty seven said they'd say yeah, yes, and and then fourteen percent no. And James, you brought up a very good point in our chat today. A little Facebook chat group said that you're. Tell me, if, um, I'll paraphrase that you're more likely to hang around to watch the women's game if it's after than before. Yep. Like it was. Because I know for us, and I'm like, we we like to have a few drinks before a game, and if the women's games beforehand, I'm probably more than likely going to stay in the Lee's Club or in Joe's Kitchen, and um, <laughs> and have a few beers, and then wonder and maybe catch oh, second half of the it, second. It's half less or, than the beers, but generally you start a seven o'clock game. Let, let's be honest: the state of football in Australia at the moment is that the men's game's the main draw. Absolutely right. I'm more likely to go to the game for the game that I initially want to see and as an added bonus see mm. the women's game. And I'm just talking about myself, right? Rather than rock up early to see the women's game because i got chores to do. I might have some grocery shopping on. I might have seeing family, catching out with friends. I might, you know, have to get my car. Whatever it may be, life gets in the way, right? Yep. And then I go, right, I'm now going to go and see the game that I paid membership for. Event. Right. And so what I liked about last weekend was the women's game was on after and I went, screw it, I'm not going anywhere. Do you know what I'm, I'm like going to extend my night. women's game? Shade. <laughs> Definitely not. God, it was hot. Yeah, thanks. Were you, were you getting pelted by the sun in the cove? Um, yeah, for a good while. It was um it was pretty rough, but it seemed, hat to, on. seemed to get yeah. All the hats came out. <laughs> multiple hats. <laughs> but um but yeah, eventually it did kind of tuck away behind that corner. Yeah. I, I find those numbers actually interesting because some of the I've spoken actually recently about the whole double header from the weekend with a couple of the W League regulars mm. um, who go and who kind of run our end of things mm-hmm. with the W League. A lot of them aren't particularly in favour of the double headers mm. themselves. Mm. They prefer them as standalone games at their intimate. Yeah. at their intimate like venues, which is more... With, uh, or the next week when it's... Chroma Park. Chroma Park. Yeah, yeah, I think the they Jets. definitely kind yeah. of prefer it at those sort of places on mm. their separate day. It's more mm. more of a community feel, I guess, for them. Um, it's interesting, though. I, I think it's different when people vote on a group like that and whether they actually stay yeah. in their seat. You know, ha- it would mm. be interesting to survey how many of those people who said, yeah, you know, I'll do a <laughs> double header actually stuck around for yeah. the game as well. But a lot of people left because I, I think somebody mentioned on Twitter quite a few. It was the heat. It was a hot day. You're baking in the sun. You, you know, had a couple you, of beers. The headache know, the sets kick in. kickoff was five, finished at, what, 7, 7.30. So you're probably thinking, I'm hot, I'm hungry, I'm going to go off to get some and shade and cool off and have a bite to eat. Definitely. And another yeah. another aspect of that too was that you would have had to leave your mask on for another two hours. Yeah. People already getting oh, pretty yeah. irritated yep. about mm-hmm. with the men's game as well because every time, every time someone even took their mask off to have a drink, someone yep. was 
walking up the aisle to go in and say, put it back on, don't talk to that person next yeah. to you. You, you just have to had your drink. just constantly have an empty can in your hand, just, you know, ready. <laughs> well, they, that's the thing. They actually caught on to that eventually too. And those people that were just holding their drinks and not drinking them, they said, you're not drinking your drink, put your mask back on. So it ended up getting... So are they encouraging yeah. more drinking? Exactly. Right. Yeah, well. Irresponsibly. That's what I said to the bloke. I said, I'm taking my time. So what challenge. would you rather, a drunk, passed out person or a super spreader? <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and look, the, the best Bruno do that for a poll next time. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Bruno. And uh, we spoke about this once before on the pod, but you're never going to please everyone. Some people would like the idea of a double header. Some would like the idea of a of a standalone. I think they've got a happy balance at the moment. Yeah, I'm look. I'm in the camp of double headers work because it's much harder to get two days if they're at, say it's Saturday and Sunday. It's much harder to get two days to go to football than one. Mm. Um, but that's just my situation. Um, And, you know, I do go to standalone W League games uh, occasionally as well. So it just depends what works. Yeah, but you're not allowed into the ground, though. (laughs) (coughs) It's only in certain postcodes. Yeah. Uh, Um, But that's interesting stuff. And the next thing, this is exciting. Uh, I know all three of you are avid Fortnite fans. Uh, (laughs) So now you can get your sky blue on um, in the world of Fortnite. Um, James, with your Twitch channel, um, <laughs> <laughs> you can don the the Sydney FC jersey now. I'm, I was waiting for the. I'm don? waiting for that. I can don, don don. You can don. don't. I was I about say dawn. dawn. Yeah, it's yeah. not sunrise. Sorry. Is it called a skin? Is that skin. still a thing? Is it, a, is it a skin? like the Winamp skins? Yeah, yeah. now you're talking. Winamp. That's my age. <laughs> Jesus, but um, I'm waiting for the guy on Twitter to say. The, f- the club can fork out money to buy uh, Fortnite skins, but they can't pay for a new kit. What the hell? Danny, t- tag, 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 tag. This is an outrage. Yeah. Uh, Addison, Fortnite, is that a thing of yours? Not particularly no, for me, no. no. Um, I'm shocked. I'm sh- yeah, well, um, I don't even have any kids, obviously, yeah. that would play it or anything. Um, funnily enough, high school students are mm. still a little bit into it, Yeah, which you know, I would thought they might have. Yeah. at some stage it's still a thing though isn't it still a, still a bit of a thing it's yeah. lingering on it's funny though that you that you brought up the kits and the club skimping out on mm. them i'm pretty sure that's something to do with under armor's factory mm. and less yeah. so on our end uh-huh. um rather than it was ca- capacity to build a, or to manufacture new kits right yeah i think that wherever their factories were uh, were in severe lockdown mm. and are still in quite severe lockdown so uh-huh. that there's um yeah, well, I, jo- who Joe knows? Berg. Who knows? But yeah, yeah apparently mm-hmm. they actually couldn't get stuff out to us, and I I don't know what the stock levels are like with club no. stuff at the moment. You probably can't even pick up last season stuff that's mm. now this season stuff oh. very easily. So yeah, well, no, build so. more, build, we'll build more in excitement, and anticipation in nine, ten months' time, or whatever will. for next season. It will. Yeah. So Fortnite, one for the kids. Um, <laughs> I, I don't, is it like Counter Strike? It's, it's like Counter-Strike, right, for yeah, our generation? Yeah, it's a bit yeah. more cartoony. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I yeah. guess. Counter-bang. Counter-bang. Good times. From my understanding. Well, played on it's, land. It's like you kind of build these fortresses and then there's like the shooting aspect of the game okay. as well. Okay. It's kind of like Lego Masters meets, oh, cool. oh, okay. meets oh. shooting. It's uh, Lego I'm Masters. interested now. I'm interested now. <laughs> <laughs> James, get you got, out. James, you got Duplo. What are you talking about? Get out. Um, yeah, I could never afford Lego. <laughs> and the next thing, I, I think it was a little bit tongue-in-cheek from Rowdy. He does have a sneaky sense of humour. <laughs> Tell me if I'm wrong, if I'm reading this it's wrong. But there's a little Jimmy thing, um, quite prevalent on the Twitter sphere when you want to be, James. Um, <laughs> SFC stats, how often, uh, well, how often Barb has lost possession 
in his Sydney FC career can be fictional. (laughs) (laughs) And then he's come out with this Fermat's library. This is the Ultra Hex. We know it as at least two things about it. Humanity will probably never be able to write it down, all of its digits, and its last digit is six. (laughs) That's tongue-in-cheek, isn't it? Am I reading it, huh? He's basically saying he always loses possession. We could never count the amount of times he's lost possession. But it's at least six. Yeah. (laughs) It ends But it's it's like that, you know, normally calculate 3.333 recurring. That's right. Yeah, it's a bit like that. Or pie just goes on forever. Yes. I love pie. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you, Rowdy. Funny stats humour. Socials wrapped up in a nice little bow. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of bows... Bo Bush. Such a bad segue. Uh, Bobo joins the team. Oh, come on. training Speaking of bows, we've got another one, Bo. Sorry, sorry guys. (laughs) Speech impediment. Um, Bobo joined the team uh, in training this week, uh, which was good. Do we expect a bench spot... This week. Too soon. Week. Too, Too soon? soon? No. I, I'd love to, but yeah, I yeah, saw I him with the photos today soon. running around. Looked very slim. Milos joked earlier that he's looking skinnier than three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and we <laughs> all did. said when he was in the chatting with Bozza and whatnot on the in the mm. hotel, he actually mm. looked quite skinny and he slim. Um, he'll never lose his touch necessarily. So, yeah. Maybe. I'm a bit interested to see well, when I was looking at those training photos and this is – me being perhaps a little bit pessimistic. I didn't see him training with anyone. Yeah. I have a feeling that maybe there's something that he's either recovering from or there's some Ooh. sort of match fitness sharpness that he's got yeah. to get through first before yeah. he joins team training. So I think you're more maybe more likely to see him at the MacArthur game yeah. in the following week. But yeah. that's just from no position of understanding. Yeah. I don't disagree. Actually, we know the club photographer. We should ask him. I don't Text him now. <laughs> Text him. You've got so many names on that phone, Jonathan. I <laughs> Sometimes when we're eating dinner, and I'm surprised he didn't put these moves on you, Addy, um, but he gets out his phone and goes, I'll oh, look casually, Alex Bross's number. I did actually mention look, something about Danny Townsend. Uh, Bo Bush, don't know if you've heard of him. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, here's when I was texting Adam LaFondra, you know, just uh, casually. Yeah, just slip it into know. his DM. Uh, I, did, yeah. I did mention to Addison that I was talking to Flynn the other day. <clears throat> yeah, there we go, Terry McFlynn, the one I forgot. Jeez <laughs> Louise. Ah, uh, you're a name dropper. They're just, how they're just how much nice power no. do you feel? <laughs> oh, God, none. Absolutely none whatsoever. Absolutely none whatsoever. Mm. Yeah, not his thinking head either. No. So, look, personally with Bobo... <laughs> But I don't think we'll see him until the end of February. No. Have no. you texted him? Uh, uh, Rogerio Davidson De Silva. No, the um, photographer. Oh, no. No, I haven't. Go. I'll find out later. Oh, my God. We're recording now. It's, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, James. Uh, fake news, Sean. <laughs> it's a bit of fake news. I think we were literally, yeah, yeah we were leaving this start, well, Tuesday last week. Get in the car, the new stuff. That's right. Yeah, it was just after we finished recording this. uh, Coming hot off the South Korean press. um, (laughs) Pohang Steelers. The Seoul Times. um, The Seoul Times. (laughs) (laughs) um, Reporting that that A, Ryan Grant has signed with Pohang Steelers. Um, only for like 24 hours later, less than that, it was actually um, another Grant, Grant, Alex Grant from Perth Glory. Did he actually sign with him? Is that is actually a true story? Uh, it was rumoured months ago. Yeah. I don't know if it's actually happened now, but yeah, names, I guess, got a bit 
muddle there. Yeah. I had this whole existential crisis on the drive home trying to justify mm. his transfer. Like, I think a lot of people. Well, look, he's 28. Oh, so I guess. Um, <laughs> He's played most of his career here. I guess if he wants a shot in Asia and there's a World Cup coming up and he's in the Socceroos, like he's now would be the chance to take it because otherwise he'd be too old to ever play overseas and I can't begrudge him that, but oh, I'll miss him. And <laughs> just it was a really long drive. You okay? <laughs> a little you mutual. Okay? No, he's staying, so I'm good. You good? <laughs> you went through all the stages of grief, basically. I really like did. denial, acceptance. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it can't, it can't, it must be, oh, well, I guess it's fine. <laughs> I always have it. I always find it interesting with this sort of stuff. Like people, people message me. There's like some people that I don't even speak to regularly message me. Like somehow I have some sort of inside knowledge. Yeah. I don't know anything. Yeah. I don't is get any of this true? stuff. I get, I get no no leaks from the club whatsoever, and I, I don't really ask for them either. No, <laughs> so, no. so and, and you know what? We're lucky we got someone like Danny Townsend who. He's pretty open to that stuff on Twitter, and he'll come out and actually, he if he can say something, he'll he'll say it. Can we I, say can we say what he said in a Donald Trump fake news? Yeah, <laughs> hashtag fake news. First I, I've heard of it, I think. Yeah. And I feel like the four of us, like at least the four of us in this room, would be the very bottom of the club's <laughs> rumor leaking <laughs> list. Although we did uncover Bobo signing. Yeah, but that's not through the club. No, that's true. That's that just his Instagram. wife loves yeah. Instagram, like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a creep. <laughs> More to the point. <laughs> I'll never forget. I don't know if you ever saw that that screenshot of Bobo commenting himself or oh, something yeah. on Facebook or something. Yeah. Someone calling him a donkey or something. Or yeah, donkey. <laughs> just white white boy. back at them. Great. That's what you want. Uh, and then the final piece of news, Sean. Oh, oh, it's very sad yeah. news that um, one of our earlier sons in the uh, youth team, Idris El Hafian, uh, passed mm. away. Uh, and you look at the, he was a talented midfielder, and of course our thoughts go to mm. his family, our thoughts and prayers to his family, our sincerest condolences. And you look at that photo of that youth team yeah. in the day, and I was just trying to look at some names. Tell me, Jonathan, if, uh, if I've got – I can see a Jacob Trapp, I think. I think I can see a Blake Powell is now off to Arpia in the MPL. Um, Blake Powell did stand out for me. Yeah, so there's a... Is that Zavella behind Blake Powell? Oh, oh you're not looking at the photo? Should be Jonathan. Hasn't worked for me, sure. Um, yeah, I can see Trat, Powell and Zavella. So some talented names have come out of that youth team. It's always sad when you... Regardless of whether they're sky blue or, or not, mm. um, somebody who's young and talented and seeing them go well before their time. So um, a very teary... Uh, goodbye to Idris and um, our, our thoughts and prayers with your family. Yeah, yep. and the Rockdale, um, oh, yes. Rockdale Football Club family as well. Uh, they did a pretty great uh, tribute to the Rockdale um, Club with a all in a circle or a line oh, yeah. with some flares and it's on their Facebook page. Um, yeah, very touching and, and very fitting as well. Very good. Very good. Um, we'll move on to the next section, gents. Time for our new favourite segment. Our new favourite. Uh, it's got some good feedback, actually, last week <laughs> from one one listener anyway. Was it yeah. Rowdy who was here? No, it was Wee Marky. Wee Marky. It was Wee Marky. And he's like, I really like your new segment. I'm like, he's been doing it for like three weeks now. <laughs> well, it's still new. So, it's fresh. so for those listeners that don't know, Wee Marky is a, a mate of ours who used to live here, has now moved up to Brisbane Tweed. or to Queensland. Um, with his his new young family, thank God for um, the border closures. Yeah, uh, and on the, uh, side, the only piece of positive feedback <laughs> we've had about a trip down Middleby Middleby Lane has come from Wee Marky, who is no longer with us. 
So, Peace, Mark. Well, he's yeah. still with us. Like, he's not dead. Oh, he might as well be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway. Um, not good areas. Um, thanks for playing, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, new segment, bit of history, bit of, bit of a history lesson, Addison, we do uh, every week now. For oh, It's good to know every time you, every time someone gives you positive feedback, they'll just be slated about where exactly. they live. Exactly. <laughs> no, no, we're usually appreciative. <laughs> at, at least he didn't slate him for being Scottish. Um, but I like Greg. So, <laughs> so uh, this week in Sky Blue history, uh, quite a bit happened actually, but uh, Ruben Zadkovich debuted this week in Sky Blue history 15 years ago, uh, which is a bit exciting. Ended up playing 47 appearances. Uh, what else happened? Sydney FC, this was, a, this was a bit of a tidbit. 20th of January 2007, James. Uh, Sydney FC named only three players on the bench after having to sign two players that week just to do so. Wow. Yeah. Um, players out included Jeremy Brocky on international duty. Uh, Mark Milligan and Terry McFlynn were both suspended. And Alvin Checkley and Jacob Timpano were both injured. So we, uh, we had to sign, I think it was a bloke called Talon Martin and Nikolai Topol Stanley uh, to, uh, just so we could field a team. I so hate Nikolai Topol Stanley. <laughs> I hate him. I'm sorry. He's just... The hair. Don't you love the hair? I, everything about him, I you hate. said this before and I was shocked. I just can't stand him. Yeah, there's I'm nothing. I just, there's, he has no redeeming features as a human. Wow. 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 Yeah. Ouch. yeah. Wow. He yeah. played for Sydney FC. Is that not redeeming? No. Okay. He was a, he was a mercenary fly-by-wire emergency <sighs> panic sign. Like it's the equivalent of Sean's one AM swipe on Hinge and going, <laughs> "I just I need something," right? And sorry, Sean, you're the closest. No, that's about right. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much spot on. Uh, moving right on. Uh, this week, this week also, and this came up recently actually uh, again. But uh, this is a bit of a fun fact uh, for listeners that aren't aware. This week, 13 years ago, it emerged that a new Norwegian team, SFK Sparta, who are now known as Sarpsborg 08. So if you're Googling, Google Sarpsborg 08. Uh, they'd recently adopted a remarkably similar logo to that of Sydney FC, uh, who, were yet to decide, who were yet to decide at the time whether or not they were going to take legal action over the logo fraud. Uh, the following day, an amateur Indian club, Surat FC, is found to have a logo which appears even more similar to Sydney's. Um, if you if you look up Sarpsborg 08's logo, uh, it does actually very, very strongly resemble uh, the Sydney FC logo. Does it, so. does it have the opera house on it? No, it's got, um, <laughs> so it's got a, like a castle instead of the opera house. And right. In a shield. Yeah, in a shield. Similar shield, similar swipes, and it's also got the soccer ball like in the middle. Yep. I was yeah. going to say, because there's a... We had a big struggle getting the Opera House even on our logo. Yeah, by yeah. all by all accounts, particularly getting it with any detail, they had to you know, agree to all sorts of things. There it is. There, there it is. There. Oh, there you go. So, but it is pretty similar. Yeah. To the <laughs> <laughs> so they've merged and swapped and whatever else a few times since then. But uh, yeah, bit of uh, bit of history there. Recently on SFCU forums, uh, I think might have been. Might have been Rowdy, might have been someone else. They posted all the similar logos that clubs have nicked over the years. It's very interesting. Uh, this week in Sky Blue history, eight years ago, there was the booze for Tiago Calvano and Joel Griffiths for Sydney FC. Uh, in the same game Ooh. that we destroyed Wellington Phoenix 7-1, the one and only Alessandro Del Piero scoring at four, including a 19-minute hat-trick. 
uh, and the club scored three goals in six minutes. Uh, the other goals on that day came to Jason Kalina, Sean's favourite, Yara yeah. Yao, and uh, Joel Griffiths with the other goal. So it was a big day. Uh, I remember being at that game, yep. sitting on the sidelines of that one. Um, incredible performance. Incredible individual performance uh, by Mr. Del Piero. Uh, a couple other things this week. Uh, club legend Milos Dimitrovic, or Milos version one, uh, debuted for the club. Uh, he had went, went, went on to make 87 appearances, four goals, a couple of grand finals, and uh, part of the 16-17 double winning side, obviously. Um, player of the year as well. He destroyed it. Yeah, he had some cracking stories about his time at Red Star. Him and him and Petkovic. Um, yeah. One time at one time at some time at the um. Oh, what's it called? The Sky end Blue of Ball season Skyboo yeah. Ball. Yeah. Usually they all they all head out somewhere with either within the star or the venue that they're at and yeah. just chill at the bar for a while. And him and him and Milos were talking about all sorts of things, like when um they were. They were yet to sign contracts to stay on with the club and they'd get trapped in their cars by the ultras. Oh, God. And basically they'd stand around their cars with bats and things until they signed the contracts <laughs> and stuff. So there was a lot of... Um, they had a lot of, inter- a lot of interesting stuff happens in Serbia, it seems. Passionate. Wow. I love it. Instead of writing their signature, did they write, I am being held hostage <laughs> by, by a group of ultras? SOS. Yeah. Something out of Sign it by Morse code. Something out of taken. That's right. Speaking of sky blue balls, did you um, did you also run into Mikhail Tavares that year? Or? Oh dear! <laughs> <laughs> well worked in. Or was that a different season? Oh, Jonathan oh, Finger, that, have my that, babies. Is that the same? Actually, that probably would have been the same season because that was that was fourteen, fifteen, and I think the sky blue ball actually happened the week before the grand final. Okay, yeah. that year. Yeah. And I heard you, you, you and big Mikhail, hands. You and Mikhail got on. Famously, yeah. I hear. Um, so yeah, one of the one of the worst things about me <laughs> is yes. that I don't drink very regularly, if at all. Mm. But the times that I do drink, I very much commit to it. Okay, that's just good. like anything. Yeah. So yeah. you'll probably see me drinking maybe once a year or every two years. But yeah. when I go into that, usually, you make up for the yeah. I make yeah. up lost time <laughs> for the other eleven so, months. For some reason, at this particular Sky Blue Ball, I don't know whether it was the free alcohol or mm. <laughs> something, mm, I decided helps. to get particularly plastered. <laughs> um, and one trip to the bathroom, I was hobbling along and <laughs> I noticed that um, Mikkel Tavares was in front of me walking into the bathroom mm. and he, got, he went up to the urinal and mm. I went up to the urinal. Was it... And get, Explain. So, was there room for you to, uh, you know, spread oh, out? Oh, there was, a, there, was a, there was a there was a bit of distance. Yeah, yeah. there was enough yeah. distance. But to, you, so to you not chose to stand rather I, close to him. I would like to say that the cubicles were full. Okay, but, but that could be a lie. But who knows? Okay. Again, <laughs> please. Continue. I was probably seeing three versions of everything <laughs> at this time. Um, so ended up going up to the urinal, yeah. and I weirdly think about this bit that John Bishop. Does this comedian comedian from Liverpool and he talked about when he played in a Legends game for Liverpool, how he was in the change room and they were all getting changed and he mm. couldn't stop staring at <laughs> all these players' junk Appendages. and comparing comparing himself to it. He's mm. thinking, you know, I'm bigger than Kenny Dalglish, <laughs> you know, and all this all this kind of stuff. And I I really thought like. Okay, I'm gonna. It's my chance. Some, some for some reason I'm gonna find this out now oh, if God. I'm. 
I'm bigger than a Sydney FC professional I mean, footballer. You know, Kenny Dalglish is one thing, but you know, a Senegalese international, like that's not yeah. true. What they say about African men, necessarily. Well, anyway. <laughs> I, <laughs> so, in my in my state, so I had deadpan. I had my little geese. This right, little geese. I had I had a look over, mm. and I heard you had a ruler. No. <laughs> it's definitely in no state to be carrying a ruler around if you're a dangerous weapon. <laughs> IKEA. And um, you, you, you felt pretty good about it. I did. I mean, I, people, would, people would say that my vision was probably obstructed or in some way impaired at that particular point. And after this, this is so good. After this revelation, I decided to go out and tell two oh people God. about my experience. <laughs> So I stumbled up to Reg and um, Boozy, who funnily enough doesn't drink. Continuation of the ironic yeah. names like Rowdy. Um, and I stumbled up between both of them. They were having a chat and I went, oh, I'm bigger than him. <laughs> and they went, what? What are you talking about? I'm bigger than Tavares. <laughs> and they went, you are not. And I was like, I've just been in the toilet. <laughs> and for some reason, I decided to disclose this whole story to them and... You know, being the good mates that they are, mm. they told everyone. Um, and I think it was the next season at the fan day. Of course, Tavares <laughs> got assigned to our Cove shop stall Ooh. for part of the day. Oh my God. And it gets better. And then. <laughs> the sign! <laughs> they were all the other people there who now knew the story were insistent. They're like, oh, can you, can you take a photo in front of the stall? And they put me in the photo and they were. This poor guy must have no idea what was happening. And he's like, yeah, just give him the thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 what Boozy and Reg claimed is that I saw his thumb. Instead. <laughs> instead <laughs> which would be much more realistic. Yeah, I'm going to give myself the thumbs up when I go to the toilet. Yeah. Yeah. Of, Good job, Sean. Good yeah. job. Yeah. Prostate's still working. Yeah. Yeah. You've urinated publicly. Uh, yeah. I, got it in the I had no idea where that story would go. And I loved it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. I think that is probably best Sky Blue story the story. Is, like, I cop the thumb You were hard time. at the time and he wasn't. Is that the other kicker? Or? <laughs> I was probably too drunk to yeah. yeah, that's 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 difficult. Oh, my God. Um, I just wheezed like Muttley. Like, that was brilliant. <laughs> Very good. So, thank you for that little side. No side. That, that, that actually was a trip down Middleby Lane. That is way better than know, the traditional so Middleby. Middleby yeah. 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 I'm probably, it's probably going to become now a recurring. I'm just going to go to the next That's game and all these people will just raise their yes. thumb to me. And me. Yeah. I'm moving out of Cove Heights next yeah. game just to give you the thumbs up. I'm bringing oh, my own megaphone. Yeah. Just Addison. Let's, <laughs> let's wrap up this uh, trip down Middleby Lane with, with a couple of other points and then we'll, we'll talk some football. Oh, man. Um, five years ago this week, Shane Smelt scored an absolute banger to win the derby at Pertec in front of nearly 20,000 people. NFC winning that game 2-1, a very memorable goal for the club. And just a few uh, a few happy birthdays for some former players and current players. Max Burgess, 26 this week. Philippe Pelosco, 37. Petriantis, 
Uh, Ranko Despotovic. Alana Kennedy, 26 this ah, week. Yeah. Tottenham legend. Chris Avella, 24. <laughs> and Mr. Baumjohan, 34. Jeez. Really? Alex. Yeah. He looks good for 34. He, he wow. does. Oh, right. He yeah. does. I uh, wasn't expecting that, but uh, happy birthday, lads Didn't and ladies. I don't want to run you guys over time, but that yeah. last no, per, that last Pertec derby, man, there are some stories from that. There's a Please. Couple, there's a, it's a famous incident with... Um, Testicle head in the family zone. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. That was a. Tamaras? Wan- Wanderers. <laughs> God, he may have played that too. <laughs> but it was some, some Westie in their family and just decided to spend the whole time trying to cause arguments with us. And mm. it was a time we'd actually worked out how to buy their GA tickets with their members' codes. <laughs> So there was a bit of a cove invasion into their GA area that caused all sorts of problems. And this guy, we ended up singing at him, your head is a testicle, (laughs) right? And then he got kicked out as well just to make it extra sweeter. Had another guy come down all the way from the upper tier of our own Mm. support, come down to the front of us with me and and Raul and Paulie, I think at the time, who would would come Mm. in and... um, they came down and he said, oh, I've got a chant. You've got to do this in oh the second no. half. You've got, to, you've got to do this. Right. And this doesn't happen too often. Oh, really? But, but it's, you've got to do this one. And he said, point at, point at them over there. You see that lot over there? And he said, you sing, who ate all the pies? You fat bastard. You fat mm. bastard. And it was just like, we did nothing to say. We didn't I, say anything. And then he just know, took I, himself back upstairs. Was he under the influence? <laughs> I don't know. He seemed, he, he got his words out. But okay. He got his words out, but yeah, definitely. Didn't go with that one in the end, Addy? Didn't make no, the cut? Definitely, no, definitely didn't end up going with that one. And wow. That was also, that was also the derby <laughs> that on the way back, um, they thought that Raul, who had spent the whole game capoing with the megaphone, they thought mm. that Raul was trying to steal our banners the police did and they were refusing to let him come and walk with us and they were going to hold him back and we refused to we refused to walk and racist pricks we got we got nice bit of pepper spray for not moving on as well eventually he did actually get to catch up and keep with us so that was that was that was lucky but nice way to farewell so if you want to join the cove (laughs) 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 if you have some uh, cringe chance Feel free to walk up to the guys mid-game and, <laughs> and give them suggestions. Masked up, of course. <laughs> Socially distanced. Question on that, though, and this might be getting too political, so, so by all means... Pass. Yeah, feel free to pass. <laughs> um, but when you get pepper sprayed without provocation in a situation like that, what's the club do post-mortem? Oh, look, I mean, the club, are, the club are really good with us now and have been for a good long, good long time in mm. terms of defending us to police and trying to hold them accountable for their actions. But at the end mm. of the day, unfortunately, the police are the police. Yeah. They don't really have to answer to the club yeah. as much. You know, they can ask the questions and, and they can have the briefings, even with other clubs and stuff too, about how they should treat active supporters and what the process is and stuff. At the end of the day, though, it's up to any given cop that's there on the given day that's usually a jumpsuit riot police and mm-hmm. they're trained specifically, you know, to de-escalate and intervene with quite heavy situations. So their skill set is, you know, go in very aggressively, defuse the, the situation. Throw some take, weight around. Take control of the assert power. Take control of it. And the people that we would speak to in meetings prior to these games and stuff, you know, you're talking about the local area commander and stuff, you know, people that have spent a long time and are yeah. quite 
quite rational and they mm. want to they want to talk things out and they'll say yes we'll do these processes i'm going to tell my guys that to do these processes it doesn't necessarily mean that that's always well, the case yeah. that it happens <clears throat> on a particular day yeah no it's it's good to know that the club has you back though right um yeah you know we've we've seen probably what last 12 18 months where some other clubs perhaps across town have disassociated themselves from their active support because of <laughs> you know lack of engagement two-way conversation and wanting to work together and whatnot and it's it's crappy that that type of stuff happens, right? Don't get me wrong, but it's also heartening to go, well, the club's just not going, well, tough toenails um, by the same token, right? So, Yeah, definitely. And I think a lot of that comes from goodwill and other instances where we choose to do the right thing collectively and we, we are open to having these conversations. It really does, really does help us when it comes to dealing with these problems and talking them out. It, obviously helps to the treatment that we get on match days as well. So it's always important to keep that dialogue mm. up. Okay, nice. Thank you. Mm. Great stories. Uh, is that it for Middleby Middle, 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 uh, And that was a trip a, down Middleby Lane. We need an mm. outro song. Yeah. Uh, uh, Sean, uh, please carry football, on. Football, football, football. On top of the amazing shade that was uh, roughly <laughs> at about 7.30 on uh, Saturday night, the wonderful girls in Sky Blue got another win over sure their cross-town rivals. 2-0, uh, Mackenzie Horsby pan and an Ellie Brush. Good, uh, you know. Great goal off yeah, the corner, uh, wasn't it? Off the corner, quite ninja-like. You know, good, uh, <laughs> you know, good re- reflex actions there. It's the same starting 11 as last week. But personally, I'd love to see Claire Wheeler uh, make the bench. I think she's quite a talented young player. She had um, she about half an hour? Yeah, about half an hour in the last... Half of the second half, um, great Sydney Uni player, young Matilda. Now that makes it three out of the four last games against the Wanderers. The girls have won three in a row without yeah, right. conceding a goal. We so won't talk about that fourth one. No, nah, never, ha- <laughs> never happened, Jonathan. Exactly. Never happened. Uh, another dominant display um, from start to finish. And, um, Yada and three won. from three for the season. Sure. Yeah, Yada, oh, from start of the season, they're flying mm. on top. Uh, hopefully that continues um, soon. Whenever they get to play, mm. um, uh, another dominant display. Rarely trouble. I think Yada Wyman had little to nothing to do in goals. Um, fair to say, probably at the at full. At, sorry, at halftime, we could have should have been up by one, more. maybe two. Um, but uh, I think it goes without saying. We saw it across the show, socials. If you're paying attention. The one and only, she might be small in stature, but she's big and hard and and is all quality. The wonderful Teresa Polias. 150 yeah. W League <laughs> games. And I think, Jonathan, you've said it on the pod before, when the W League season is so ridiculously mm. small, um, mm. she's been playing in the W League since she's 10. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> the season is so stupidly small. Uh, so to rack up that amount, imagine how many she'd have well, if exactly. the normal, normal season. season. Yeah, like 20 games a season, yeah. Teresa would be first or second in appearances, yeah. really, um, if, if they played a decent sized season. So, yeah, look, I'll, we can't speak highly enough of, of Teresa on, on this pod. She's a former guest as well. Um, but uh, what an absolute champion. And she has not. Champion player and champion person. She'd shoot this back at us straight away, but I don't think she's taken a backward step. She's um, no. ridiculously consistent, um, deserves a spot every week, 90 minutes every week. Uh, what she brings on and off the pitch, she's just amazing. To, to put that 150 games into perspective. Oh, you're on the... Yeah, straight off SFC. Oh, fucking hell. Every time. <laughs> every time. This freaking website. The Patreon can, spe- can the uh, pay for a speech path. Oh, yeah. 
then marbles in my mouth like the king's uh, speech just like you know anyway yeah. obscure movie king reference um sfcstatistics.com oh yeah um the women have played 161 matches mm. So oh, Teresa Plyce has played 150. And she missed her first year. She right? First year, so. so, like, just put that into perspective. Mm. That's crazy. It, yeah. Essentially since inception. Yeah. That's crazy it's to consider, too, that, you know, most of these women, are, well, they all hold full-time jobs as yeah. well. She's yeah, a full-time primary school teacher. There. She yeah. works nine to five, five days a week. Um, Can you imagine playing football, like, professionally, Addy? Oh, well technically you do, don't you, Andy? <laughs> you're telling us before the pod. Oh, you're talking it up. Yeah, prof- <laughs> professionally Sunday league. <laughs> <laughs> My professional five-a-side. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so... And to yes. get a win in her 150th, it is always sweet. In a derby, too. And in a derby, yes, Jeremy. Right. Yeah. Um, like I said, we can, can't take enough time to um, to put plaudits on, on Teresa. So, well yeah. done again. It's a shame that... Remy or, or Beanie didn't get a goal this game, but the put, best on, put on the best one out of the two. Yeah, the other one doesn't exist. Courtney yeah. Vine's been a shining oh, star, I thought. Man, isn't she amazing? Like I, I, she's, she's laid. Absolutely Whenever slayed. she gets the ball out of her feet, she's a dead set constant threat all the time. Um, but even out of possession, she just tracks back and hunts for that ball. I know we're a few years, two, three years out from a mm-hmm. Women's World Cup. You know, she'll continue doing well in the MPL, more seasons with Sydney SC, W League. She might end up going overseas for Well, a she may not need, need NPL to. NPL if, uh, yeah, if she keeps going the way she's going. She's, she's maybe, been one of the standout players in the competition. for a, a Matilda squad. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. No, great stuff going to girls. Um, and, and well done to everyone that stuck around, as we discussed quickly before. I stayed till Ellie, Ellie Brush's goal and then I bug it off because... Mm. I had to get back to the western suburbs of Sydney, but um, uh, again, a, a great, um, great win, by great result, and, and they're on top of the table uh, in such a short season. It's really important to get those wins up Absolutely. early as the club chase an elusive premiers plate in the W League. And then there was more football, but, but before, before it, it. <laughs> <laughs> at, uh, at five o'clock. Um, how do we feel? One all draw. Um, Costa getting the uh, penalty. I will say he, it was a nicely taken pen. He did take. I was a bit nervous I when didn't he stepped watch up. It. You turned away. <laughs> you did. I didn't. You watch did. It. Yeah. You you made this big song and dance about refusing to watch it. Did you watch it or did you uh, did you I, have your back? I managed to, the... to watch it. It was a tough watch though, particularly you know you're so you're so used to the calmness of you know if we've had Alf, we've had Bobo before Alf yeah, as yeah, well, yeah, right. um, yeah. and just to see someone else taking it, I guess you don't really know what to expect or what's coming around the corner. I was surprised he was the one who stepped up. I think that says a lot. Who did you think they might have gone to? I thought, I thought maybe Bratton. Yeah, I was I, thinking. I was even, mm. even though he's missed one, I was half expecting even Wilkinson maybe to step oh, up really? as well. Because oh. Wilkinson's taken a penalty in most of our penalty mm-hmm. shootouts, I think. Okay. He's yeah, been at the yeah. club. Um, yeah. But, yeah, look, it ended up being a well-taken penalty. Um, I think that Costa's not being utilised in the right way. Currently, and I think that that's showing. Obviously, a lot of people are getting a bit frustrated by some of his performances Mm -hmm. and the way he loses possession. But I don't think that the shape that we're playing, or even the spot that we're playing him in, is Mm. really helping him out. Yeah, speaking of Costa, we'll just chat about that now. Um, There was something that Jamie from all sides of the harbour was was quite adverse to. Wasn't happy with that. Oh yeah, that 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 poll that jumped up on the supporters page, like you know, it's talking about. I wish there was an assassin to take out Costa and. A poll to 
you know, tabulise how people felt oh, about it. Oh, was him. there actually a poll? I didn't, yeah, get, I didn't look, get that far. Yes. It was on one of the Facebook groups, right? Yeah, yeah. SSE supporters group. Yes. A bit too far. Costa hasn't been far. playing particularly well in the last season and a bit. Um, yes, okay, you can feel unhappy about it, but how that person went about voicing that uh, yeah. was just And well, look, line. we can be a bit hypocritical because we, we tend to do nothing but slay poor old Costa on this pod. But I think that was a phenomenal yeah. goal, <coughs> uh, well-deserved, and he's only ever going to come good. <laughs> exactly. But I, um, I, I agree with you, Addy. Um, I, I know I haven't been the biggest Costa fan in the last year and a bit. But really? Yeah, no. <laughs> He is being played out of position. Absolutely, he's 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 a winger every time of the day, and and I just feel like Costa Costa Corrick has gone like okay, I don't. Can anyone tell me in all your football that you watch any other clubs that do this two 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 setup? Do you know anybody? I feel like we actually went through a period of playing at one of my earlier seasons where I was a member. I remember the days of like Nicky Carl and Emerton and Kissel mm-hmm. and. Two of those would usually play behind like a two up front and they mm. were very much not traditional wingers in any way. They'd always be inside. And yeah, what an I've Al- seen... Aloisi in a Brosk or an Aloisi in a Bridge or... What I've seen a lot of this season reminds me of that season too mm. where there, it seems like there's a lot of good play getting towards the box and then as soon as anything's actually happening in the box or putting the final ball in, there's not really anyone there to meet third. it or put it in um, numbers again also I can only speak you know as a mm. Sunday league player and <laughs> professional, <laughs> casual, Sunday league casual, player. professional Sunday league player <laughs> and casual manager but I think that the players that we have suit maybe a three up front or yes. a one with mm-hmm. a three behind it yes um, where you can put where you can put Costa on the right or even Trent on the right yep. um, you can then what that then allows you to do is you can then play Milos or even Baum Johan in like a 10 mm-hmm. spot or as, part of, the mid- 10. as yeah. part of the midfield. Because I think that sometimes Milos has adapted his game so that he works well out on the left. But if you remember in 16-17, he was flying when he was playing mm. the 10 because oh. Brosk was out for a little bit and they had, um, yep. had um, Milos playing behind Bobo at the start of that season yeah. and we, you know, tore it up. Yeah, I just okay. feel like, yeah, absolutely. If we get this possession, good field position, and we get towards or in and, in and around that final third, and it's like, now what? There's not enough yeah. numbers to play for. But Costa's a winger, and I know we've I've bagged him out a, a once or twice, <laughs> but he's a winger. He wants to hug that right-hand side touchline, cut in and, 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 you know, take on players. And I don't mind if he loses in the final third, but at least take it on. So I, I feel like Corrick is just like a round peg in a square hole or yeah. whatever you want and to I call think, it. I think they gave him the pen on purpose to give him some confidence because mm. there has been that criticism yeah. coming his way. And um, again, good on him for, for being, you know, calm under pressure and, and slotting that in. Um, I thought we were pretty ordinary after that goal. Oh, we scored oh, and yeah. it was like, okay, we'll just... I'd, you know, we just we couldn't go, out. We couldn't not not that we couldn't go with them, but they stepped up their game and and we didn't. We didn't. Um, we kept giving the ball away. Um, we couldn't shut anything down. Bernie Abini gave us all a heart attack. Uh, yeah, he did point. as much as I hate him. Um, he was what they had off their bench was more spark than what we provided off our bench. The subs were weird. Yeah. Oh, don't get me started, Jonathan. What did we <laughs> crap up? Subs were weird. Ugh. I don't know. Um. To answer your previous question, teams that use the four two two two, yeah, RB Leipzig. Okay, they're doing all right. Manuel Pellegrini, yeah, at Manchester City. 
Okay, but ten years ago. Ten years ago. <laughs> and I, that's that's can, the exhaustive. Can I just list. quickly say with the two two two? I feel like Cork has gone. What's better than one number eight? Two number eights. What's better than one number ten? A Let's pivot. Two number tens. Like oh, anyway, but um, the the strange sub. The, there was four of them, but the strangest was um, Trent off for Ivanovich, or just Trent off. The timing and the yeah, who came off when was. What's your take on substitutions, Odd. Addy? Are you, are you happy when they come, who they are? Um, you got the same gripes as us, so you do. I think, I think <laughs> there's there's something to be said about players that work well as substitutes as well. Mm. Every time every time I've seen, for instance, like Baum Johan come off the bench, I feel like he takes a little while to get up to speed with the mm. game. Whereas when I've seen him start and then pulled early, whilst he necessarily hasn't been what we expect of him because he's playing out on that right-hand yeah. side in his, in his not usual spot. He's still up to speed with the game and putting the effort in. Mm. Um, mm, and yeah. I don't think it's – actually, it's a weird thing to say. I don't think it's an effort-based thing. I think it's just a, some players get up to the speed of the game mm-hmm. quicker than others. I do worry about Ivanovic a bit now too because, I mean, he kind of – he broke out a few, a few years ago now, had a really hot streak, got injured – Spent a season playing NPL. I watched a lot of that NPL season and he looked not yeah. particularly great at that level. Off the and that's, that's the NPL level. That's saying a lot, eh? um, mm. And I think he hasn't looked particularly great again when he's been playing in these upfront positions. Uh, when he broke onto the scene, he was playing on the right and the left. Fine, he's a winger, maybe a number 10 as well. He could play he's one of those. Well. He's one of those talented footballers that doesn't necessarily have a nailed-on mm. position just mm. yet and is kind of he plugging need, gaps. He needs to get more football. But, but Jonathan and Eddie, James, you had <coughs> Costa and Ivanovic as that top two in that later stages of the game. Does that scream goals to you? No. And then wasn't Costa replaced by Paddy Wood? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, look, yeah, right. But at the 83rd minute to say, all right, you've got seven-odd minutes... Go win us the game, go knock in a goal. And he got kind of close. It was a nice through ball from yeah, a good chance, ABJ actually. and just a bit wide, side netting kind of thing. But And then Ninko off for Zavella. I would have taken off Ninko for ABJ. Yeah. I, I, can we expect to see Ninko play 90 minutes yeah. every week? Yeah, he can't, it, looks no. a bit, it looks a bit rough on him sometimes. But there is a... It does look puffed. There is, a, yeah. there is a thing, though, that I've noticed with Ninkovic lately is that He's, he's low-key quite good for our defence, not even necessarily in terms of tracking back. The amount of times I've seen him basically control or receive a ball at the edge of our own box, basically stand on it for <laughs> what seems like an infinite amount of time and then play some sort of ball that puts mm. us on the counter-attack. It's mm. crazy. Yeah. And he just... That composure when we actually have all when all those other players are pressing us is is yeah, really he helpful plays to like get us out. The six, yeah, dropping in but near the centre backs and then looking to play forward, like what yeah. Bratton and O'Neill has done in the past. Yep. Yeah. So Absolutely. maybe that could be a better role for him as he ages, so to speak. The um, the equaliser came fairly quickly after uh, the penalty, and unfortunately, from a goalkeeping error. Uh, from where we were sitting, which was the other end of the field, it looked like it could have been offside, but obviously wasn't. It did it go um, up? Sorry, does it go? No, up? no, no. I, I, they didn't show any. Replays. I just thought it goes up automatically. I, I looked at this game back because I thought the same thing about yeah, the offside. Yeah. The player who makes the run in front the of challenge. Redmayne is definitely offside. He is definitely hundred percent. What they've clearly judged is that Redmayne's touched, it. touched the ball and somehow had some sort of control over it, which resets the play. But to that, to that if point. he's offside, in an offside position, 
Yeah, I, I don't know what the ruling is here, but um, I kind of think about when I think about, you know, if Redmayne had made a save in that instance mm. and not necessarily tried mm. to catch the ball, he would be a judge to be offside. You tap in a rebound off a save mm. and you've started offside. Mm. It's offside. So I don't understand why it's different well, in this can, instance. If they can stuff up that handball in the MacArthur game <laughs> um, in the box there at the end, they can stuff up just about Considering, you know... Sydney FC VAR conspiracy. I, you know, I would have thought that, that if anything, it would have been made more of a deal of. It was weird that the talking point after the game was about the legitimacy of our penalty. Yeah, yeah no one yeah. even no one even talked about the potential no, offside. Look at the post-match yeah, commentary and stuff. And I, I do worry about that a bit. As I feel like the more, the more the media starts to question decisions for us or bring up mm. our record like that, the more it starts to become a perceived reality absolutely. for referees. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And it was a pen every day, Tracy. Oh, there was no question of it. Crossed in his path. I don't he get no how question. it's not. Yeah, he had eyes for event. Uh, event uh, As I live tweeted, why is this a question? Mm. I had several drinks on the weekend. Um, but yeah, look, uh, Redder's mind may be elsewhere. I get a feeling Redder's may not play Friday night. We haven't heard news why? of the arrival of his child, but. Oh, right. It uh, is getting close. Uh, it, it was supposed to be Sunday. And from the photos of training, you had Tom Hewitt-Bell and Levi Kay. Um, of course, Pat Lesich is still in there again. So still I, recovering. I don't know. I don't know. That's not a hot, that, okay. not a hot take, but just I like the way wouldn't be think. surprised if Redders um, was out and Tommy, Tommy came in. I wouldn't normally be concerned about that because I think Hewitt-Bell is quite dis- decent. However, up against Matt Simon <laughs> oh with, high, with high balls into the box There's and he's got to come there. out and claim them. Do we have he's any really play? enjoying... Flattening people and shouting at them. At Do the we moment. have any players called Ziggy? Otherwise, we should be alright. You look like a few ex mariners. You look like Ziggy Gordon a bit. Got a few ex mariners. Tavares. Jonathan, on the way home. Yes. On, on behalf of Skype, the story. This wasn't me. What? This was not me. No, you put the Wanderers fans walking away, elated Sydney FC fans upset. Oh, was it this guy? Hello. Oh, sorry. I thought it was you. Yeah, James no, I uh, account. No. Well, no, you gave me the password a while ago, and I threw Football, out one, two, three. Four. I threw out a tweet, uh, uh, James. I'm sorry, Jonathan. I just assumed. the tweet banged. The tweet banged, um, <laughs> and then not only that, it got so multiple bites. bites, and then what ended up happening was we started getting replies from idiots. <laughs> Jonathan was drunk on a train. I was. That's exactly. And what so I was. we're both <laughs> tweeting the same people different insults. From the same account. I'm walking back to my car. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm walking back to my car going, you're an absolute flop. Let me teach you the offside rule because you don't seem to understand basic football. <laughs> Jonathan's going, well, actually. And we're just coming at these one, like every individual were coming out from two different angles. And it was, the, it was the best example of <laughs> cyberbullying I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> it was some masterful fishing, I must say. It, yeah, we did. <laughs> Put some great bait out there. I really did. Very, very so good. So the fishing. tweet was that got all this this bait, uh, all, all this, yeah, all these lights, was Wanderers fans walking away elated, Sydney FC fans upset. It shows you the difference in the clubs. Now, mm. I don't think that's too much of a stretch, right? Because no, most know. Sydney FC fans walked away, heads down, little, you know, the, the big exhale. It felt right? like a loss, a loss of two points. Right? Yeah. Full-time whistle goes, the red and black end, all five of them started cheering really loudly. Yeah. And it's just like, you, that that's literally a fact. Mm. That is something that happened. It's tangible. It's observable. You can't argue with that. And yet... You're very condescending, James. We've got morons 
that seemed to want to do very that. condescending, James. I was condescending. I uh, was very you were, condescending. You were. Um, <laughs> the other one is, Ad- Addison, you know football a lot better than any of us. Um, yes. is, is dropping a 1-0 lead bottling a game? To draw? That's not really... It's bottling if you lose, right? Well, again, that kind of subconsciously says more about the expectation that we're meant to win. Right. So if you're if if their fans are already walking in with an expectation that we're, we're going to win and that anything that they get from the game is somehow positive, that kind of just confirms the theory. Right. Right. That's logic. God. I'm glad we have intelligent people at our club. How do you feel about the drive from... Uh where you are every week out here and just joining us for some <laughs> <laughs> His wife may or may not remain on his good side, on his other way around. He anyway, may or may not remain on his wife's the good other, side? The other thing that caught my eye, this. Jimmy, was uh, what did the I man do? of the match, the player thing was Costa. <sighs> wasn't his worst game. Uh, he scored a goal. I think it's, it's good for morale. I hope, I hope he kicks on. I really do. He had a couple I of chances really early. We, had, we actually, the, we, as a t- team, we had a couple of chances early. You watched the game back, Jonathan. I, I rewatched the first half. We looked really good the first half hour or so. Um, but, yeah, after that, not so much. Mm. I don't want to, again, it's, uh, uh, probably over-exaggerating the effect that football fans have on a game, but for those first 10 minutes, we did get away with some light chanting for a bit mm. and I do feel like in those first 10 minutes we had about three chances in pretty quick succession and Wild as soon excitement. as as soon as we were told to separate and sit down by various security mm. personnel yeah. felt like go. felt like the half maybe slowed down a little bit um but look you know that's definitely felt like the air was sucked out of the stadium because I, I even remember thinking to myself at the beginning of the game going a little bit louder than I expected. A little bit, you know, a little bit more energetic than than I thought we would be. And then, you know, over dinner, I remember remarking to you that saw you guys getting separated. Security come down and walk through and told you all to sit yeah. down. And you could definitely feel the mood getting sucked out of the stadium at at the time. Yeah, definitely. And it was one of those things that we we didn't really know what would happen. Like no one knew what would happen mm. because <laughs> we've been told that you know there's going to be no act. Or no organised active support allowed. We said, "Well, what happens if one person stands up and starts chanting, and other people join in?" And no one really had an answer. And it seemed like we we're going to kind of get away with this, like, kind of informal, you know, just chanting every now and then kind of thing. But I think that a few people got a bit upset about it. in public forums and social media and stuff at both supporter groups, and that seemed to. Be the end of be the end of that. That was about roughly when security started moving in mm. on on both sets of fans. It seems and did their thing. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty much the yeah. game. Oh, we'll finish um, off with the SFCU yeah. votes. What are all these acronyms? They're really hard to say, isn't it? SFCU, SFC, Sydney FC, Exit Grant. God, we do a podcast. Yeah. Anyway, SFCU votes. Sean. I look. I. The people on Twitter said nobody played particularly well from us, but I agree with Slowy. There's quite there were a number of six and sevens and the like. So I'm just going to go from where I could see in my sunburnt seat um, next to that guy who used a paper bag to cover his legs. <laughs> Very innovative, Chris. Um, Seriously, I, I quite I thought Grant, Wilco, and Bratz two each were quite solid. Yeah. Okay. I went. Um I gave Ninko three, I think Warland one, Grant one, and 
oh, there was someone else I gave one. I've already done them on uh, on the on the website. But um, Ninko, I thought stood out. I didn't think it was Brat's best game. If I can challenge you on that one, Grant Grant got sick of nothing happening and then started to play in midfield, <laughs> coming <laughs> yeah, into the middle and lurking but, around. But it did mean that his right flank was was left unprotected a couple of times, which I got a bit worried about. But as someone pointed out to me, no one else was doing anything, so he sort of tried to make shit happen, which is fine. So at least had a shot off. I think it's going to be better when Bratton and Hoff and oh. Hoff are back. Oh, together yeah. and forming a bit more of a partnership because I feel like Paolo was okay. Paolo, no, it's, it's absolutely not a slide Just on Paolo. Different. He can he can definitely fill fill a lot of different roles. But mm. um, I feel like we saw a little bit when we had O'Neill and Bratton the same side, and we saw what a difference it makes to have two people who can play the ball, who mm. can be playmakers, and can do all the other bits. Particularly when you have that two in midfield, it's mm-hmm. important that both mm. of them. Are as threatening as each other. Mm. And I think Hoff, although uh, very early in his career with a bit of that youthful enthusiasm, does look like someone who moves the ball quick enough and has a bit of quick feet that can actually look a bit more like a threat than perhaps a Retre does, who does a lot more of the sweeping up and. He drives into space exceptionally, mm. I, I've seen, from Hoff. He, he looks up and, and can actually move into the space, um, which is a big strong point. So, yeah, 100% agree with. Um, with what you've said there, so what? What? what who, who got your votes? Do you, well. Let's. This is one of the questions. Um, this is one of the questions, Addy. How much of the game do you tend to see? Um, or do you solely rely on going home and watching a replay? Well, I mean, obviously, I saw more of the game this weekend than yes. most times. Yes. Um, when in terms of when that norm, when things are normally at their at their way. It depends entirely on the ground that we're at. Yeah, <laughs> at Cogger, yeah. it's often a bit, it's pretty difficult because there's absolutely no screen That's sort right. of in your eye line. When we were back at the SFS, SFS particularly when they built their mega stupid screen. mega screens, <laughs> thank you, Nick. Um, that um that was a lot that was a lot easier to see and yeah things like Leichhardt, there's no hope. Yeah, you're kind of you're kind of I don't know. It, They'll go all mystic, but you can kind of get a feel for the game based off people's reactions. Nice. So, so yeah. um, nice. you can kind of tell when we're in the ascendancy, or yeah, and you do yeah. occasionally get that chance. You know, if there's a corner or something where you you've can got a half turn a bit. That's not mystic. You, you've got to feel the vibe as well of what's going on, and and you know how to how to lift the the, the cove and and everyone else around you as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's actually it's it's one of the it's one of the things that we try and do a lot of which is you know reading when certain chants mm. work well and when certain things um when yeah. certain things are better placed you know yeah. what good time for certain stuff i have to admit though i remember a couple of my first few games where you're on the drums slow was on the megaphone um mr megaphone yeah and yeah. not to slight slow because you know seems like a decent guy but <laughs> there would be tense moments in, during the game there would be penalty kicks whatever it may be the guy would stop chanting. You'd just watch the screen at SFS, right? You're there banging away by yourself, you know, the lone drummer. Anyway, he's going to shoot me next week. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, is one, um, he is one of the most pessimistic people in football. <laughs> <laughs> if you've ever seen his Twitter feed. That was yeah. one of our questions, I think, to him when he was on yeah. last How does it feel to be the most pessimistic fan? But, yeah, I can I can see how, you know, that screen would be quite distracting and then the, the vibe of the crowd then, you know, Goes off you, works off you, and yeah. So, um, <laughs> bit of a good. dig, bit of a bit of an empathetic moment as well. Uh, who gets your six votes? Yeah. Ooh, um, I do have to agree. I thought that, whilst not necessarily being his brightest game, 
the only person and the way we only way we got our goal was when Ninkovic drove forward mm, and provided yeah. that moment of magic. So for me, he would probably get my three votes. Nice. Um, behind that, um, I thought Joel King had a quietly decent game. Um, he seems to be, you know, really coming into his own, and it says a lot that Zulu kind of played a bit of those preseason games and in the mm. ACL a bit more. You thought maybe that was going to change back over, and they've continued with King, so that. Very happy that speaks that. a lot about what he's clearly capable of and what he's kind of putting in. Um, in terms of my w- one point, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think. Cluster. I guess <laughs> maybe. I guess I, I, I'd probably pick one of the centre backs. Just thinking because yeah. they didn't really have clear cut or looked particularly threat overly threatening at different points. The only times they looked threatening was running in behind the midfield, which mm. I feel like is not really Mm-mm. not really the defence's responsibility in that instance. It's the midfield that's been turned around. So I'd probably give it to one of Walland or Wilkinson. Very nice. Half each. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Your votes, Jimmy? Uh, three for Ninko for... Addison's already mentioned uh, things. Two for Bratton, to be honest. Yeah, um, like, yeah I just started not know. I, I thought he had some really great ball recoveries. Mm. Um, really great kind of that holding midfielder, ball recovery midfielder type game. A um, couple of sloppy passes. Didn't drive forward very much, but he was definitely very holding that game. Yeah, I think I said to you at the game, he seemed to be sitting a lot deeper. Yeah. Um, so I thought, I thought he did that quite well. Um, and then one for... Costa Barbarossa oh, because yes. he scored the goal, right? Here we and go. uh, I want him Here to succeed go. because his success is this podcast success. And I cannot argue That's with deep. you. I cannot argue with you. Do you know what I want to and just actually it's probably note, our before failure. we um <laughs> before we quickly preview the Mariners game and then get on to a bit of an in depth chat with Addison because we're at a minute we're an hour ten. Um uh, it's great to see Benny Warland play as well as yep. he has because it, it's genuine competition now for Gauza, um to get back in the team. And, and again, that can only make us better. Um, but I think Ben Warland's been almost faultless in the, in the oh, yeah, games that he's played. Um, and we've still got McGowan on the bench waiting for his, forgot about waiting that. For his chance. So, it um, says a lot that you forget about it. Yeah, that he's he played missing. pretty much every minute last year. So um, interesting stuff. Anyway, let's move right along. Let's talk about Central Coast Mariners game. Uh, Friday night, uh, for those interested, you do have to reserve your ticket if you are a member. Being at Cogra, it's going to be about 5,000 people, I want to say. Maybe a handful more. So if you haven't got your ticket yet and you're listening to this on a Thursday, you better get organised. Sean. Yo. Actually, no. All screw, right. Screw you, Sean. James. Hey. Tell us about the Central Coast Mariners game. Uh, which bit? The <laughs> bit or the rowdy bit? Oh, oh, I like the rowdy bit. So you want to do the rowdy bit? No, no, go for it. Okay. No, please, pick, pick what you choose. Uh, so a couple of, couple of fun stats uh, s- provided to us by sfcstatistics.com. Thanks, Rowdy. Um, and well, over- Rowdy was so popular last week, we, we asked if he'd be so kind to... Put a few things on yeah, paper for us. Yeah. Uh, and we've got some good stuff here. Uh, so in all competitions, 49 matches, 25 wins, 10 draws, 14 losses. Um, 86 for 68 against. Mm, it's pretty right. even. It's pretty even. Uh, d- d- our last loss was in November. Oh, sorry. Our loss of November 17 was the only loss uh, in the first 25 mm. matches that season. Uh, so last match we won 3-0 up at Central Coast uh, Stadium, uh, the 23rd of February. Marco Tilio scored mm. one minute seventeen seconds in. Mm-hmm. 
Harry Vandersarg scored an injury time. God, we were battling that game before those guys came. Oh, yeah, Ninko scored very early. Such a shame about Tilio. He's oh, just going to no. be forfeited to that city system of loans and going places. He was places. so good uh, on the weekend he too. Played well for Tilio. the Lord, yeah. Very, very good. Uh, Sydney FC players with the most appearances against the Mariners. Brosk at 27. Mm. Uh, in the current squad, Grant at 18. Very good. Uh, as you'd expect. Uh, the most goals against Mariners uh, being Brosk at 10, Bobo 4. Uh, that's in six appearances. Uh, Grant and Ninko with two each. Mm. Um, but what I love particularly is there's a couple of milestones mm. about this match, right? It's our 50th competitive match against the Mariners. That's cool. Um, they are the last of the remaining original A-League teams that will reach this mark against, oh. right? Um, the most is victory with 54. Okay. This game, should it be highly productive, uh, could see our 1,400th goal in a competitive men's game. Now, this is not um, just goals we've scored. It's Goals altogether in games that we've played. Yes. Yes. Um, so we're at 390, uh, sorry, 1,397 so far, 805 goals for, 592 against. Mm. Uh, so that's a positive kill death ratio. <laughs> uh, <laughs> for those Fortnite. Fortnite, boom. People. <laughs> uh, games with at least three goals, 56% overall. 53% of the games that we play against Mariners have at least, well, yeah, three goals or there's over. You, there's right. you. There's your Costa hat yeah. trick. <laughs> exactly. Of the 13 X hundredth goals so far, uh, uh, oh as in 100, oh, yes, 200, yes, yes. 300th goal. Yep, milestone goals. Sydney yep. FC has scored only four of the either 100th, 200, all the way up to 1300 goals. Oh my God. Right? So we're not good at scoring on milestones. <laughs> right? We concede when it's a milestone. Do you that's something is the players what Rowdy's think about when they go into a game? <laughs> Yeah, it could be. It's up on the whiteboard. I reckon it's uh, up on the whiteboard. We're, we're still waiting for Sydney FC's 1,000th yellow card, right? Now, I, I thought we'd get it. So did I. Does it count if Simon game? gets one on the weekend? Does it count for us at all? It'd be great. Uh, we only had one in the derby, Luke Bratton. No, it doesn't count. So three to go to 1,000 yellow cards. and um, That'll be three more seasons. <laughs> That's right. Illuminati confirmed. Exactly. <laughs> hey, there he is. Uh, um, we average about two per game, right? Uh, 2.01 overall, 2.06 against Mariners. Uh, three plus yellows is reasonably common. 34% uh, of matches overall we get plus three yellow cards. 39% um, of matches against Mariners, we get plus three yellow cards. So I just, I feel so intelligent talking about like this. Gambling. Plus three? I feel uh, like gambling. This is not good. Come right up, come right up. Find where the dice is, find <laughs> where the dice is. What are the dice, what are the cards, where are the cards go? Where are the cards? You dice when you've got <laughs> Rowdy stats. Rowdy does not reckon, um, associate himself with gambling. I so he please go and use his stats to gamble. Thank you. He counts cards. Yeah. Oh, Rowdy's sponsored company. by Sportsbet. <laughs> it's Rayman. Can you imagine the odds on a Rowdy backed bet? Like you'd get absolutely reamed. <laughs> uh, should Andrew Redmayne start, it'll be his 112th competitive appearance for Sydney FC. Might have to wait a week. Still behind Teresa Polias. 
Uh, he will move way. equal with Yedjedovic for the 13th highest appearances overall. Equal for goalkeepers behind uh, Bolton on 142. So he's still got probably mm. another season and a half before yep. he takes the top spot as a goalkeeper. Yep. Uh, he's conceded 112 goals, Ooh. which is 0.99 goals per 90 minutes. Very, very uh, close to one goal a game. But you compare that with Vedran, who we weren't terribly unhappy with at no, the time. No, we weren't at the time. Right? Who concedes 1.33 goals per game? There you go. So I like that because it just takes 50 in versus 112. Well, it takes the ethnic anger out of me. It just completely <laughs> diffuses me, right? Uh, 36% of, clean, of games result in a clean sheet by Andrew Redmayne. Veteran had uh, 26% of his games having clean sheets. Uh, and he's had zero Yevon, uh, yellow cards. Veterans had seven yellow cards. And Bolton, eight. So yeah. Redis has never had a yellow card. Imagine most person. of them would be either for time wasting or mm. referee abuse, <laughs> or red cards for running out of your box and handballing the ball. No, that's at the other club. I know, but yeah. it's still funny to laugh at. Very he's an idiot. good. So there's some stats. <laughs> there's some stats for Friday night's game uh, that could happen. Thank as you, well. Rowdy. Some they were wicked. They were. See, the, the thing with Rowdy is that everyone's going to love it so much that he's going to have to do it every week, every or week people will get upset. Uh, Seven oh five p.m. kickoff Friday night. Uh, Apart from Redders, who we mentioned may or may not start, we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. Um, do you see any changes to the team? New and Hoff back in potentially. Put the Hoff in. Sorry, Retray. I like you, but the Hoff is ready. Wonder what. Wonder what was wrong with his ankle because they mentioned that it was some sort of ankle problem. Rolled ankle it problems. Tra- rolled it great. Training. Oh, he just rolled it. Yeah. Stevie said he'd be fine and ready to go. Oh, they, he did. Yeah. That's oh, what good. He said. Okay. Uh, you might you might see Retro start and he comes on or vice versa, but Mariners have looked good. They did play Tuesday night last night. Um, date stamping this podcast lost late on to the Wonder Scum. Um, uh, for, I didn't watch the game, but from all reports online, it, it seemed like they were a bit unlucky. Um, Central mm. Coast uh, had some good chances and and didn't put them away, uh, but still there. What three games, two wins, one loss. Yeah, and Stats would be too. very happy with how they're going at the moment. So, you know, don't think anyone that we're going to roll them Not at all. for a cricket score or something like that. So we'll either beat them 10-0 or lose 2 <laughs> <laughs> But, um, yeah, other than Hoff, you know, I see Benny, um, I don't know, King, Zorlo. You know, Zorlo wasn't even on the bench. Yeah, I think, look, I think the rotation will come. I think it's too early on at the mm. moment. We've got a week between games. So, um, Otherwise, you'll see Costa and Trent up front. Um, yep. Maybe something with ABG and Caceres, but, yeah, the... Or maybe not, but um, I wouldn't mind seeing ABJ start um, yeah. on the weekend. Yeah. At least Caceres fine, provides a bit more impact off even, the bench, a little bit more point of difference. Oh, look, even Ninko off the bench, you know. Yeah, do Getting that. come on as an impact, uh, you know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Absolutely. That's a we'll good see what point, happens. Yeah, Caceres substituted upsets me endlessly. <laughs> yeah, start right. Caceres and ABJ. We're big Caceres fans idea. on this podcast. Yeah. He's a tidy player. He always, he always looks... Up to the whenever we play those ACL games, he's always one of those players that looks up to the quality. Mm-hmm. But again, mm. I don't know whether with him it's again like he still hasn't quite found his position. He's like a, started as a mm. number ten, could has done bits in centre midfield, has done bits out on the wide oh, and stuff, yeah. and kind of just needs to play in one spot regularly, which he's kind of getting to do a bit more now at least. Yeah, yeah, I, right wing, right. We just we're up. As I say every week, just start him anywhere on the pitch. I don't really mind. Well, if he played a front <laughs> three, he'd be one of my one up, one up the top, mm. one of the three mm. up top. Or would he be in the midfield supplying the balls? 
Well, nah, Ninko. Ninko. No, Ninko. Ninko Hoffman and, and um, Bratz. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, I, like it. I hope you're listening, Let's, Steve. Uh, Score predictions. Well, do you want to do that? Yeah, yeah quickly. Yeah, go, Jimmy. Go. 3 1. Sean. Patrick oh. by Casera, uh, Caseras. Patrick by. Um, what's his face? Costa. Love it. No, I want to see Trent get on the board. Maybe they can share the goals. I'll say 2 0 and a goal from Trent and a goal from Costa. I don't see them not scoring, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but I, th- I see us scoring more, so I'm going to go with the 2-1. <laughs> 2-1, two one. Nice. Two one. Right. I like that. And I will say 2-0, but the second goal won't be until injury time. Oh. I'd love statistics on our injury time goals. There's a stat Reality. for that on SFC yeah, statistics. Yeah, I know, right? I was <laughs> just, yeah, I'll be back. Okay. <laughs> I remember it's, it's there, there right. was there was one crazy season. I think it was around when Ranko Despotovic was. was at the club, and thirteen you fourteen. We had a couple of home games with some serious last minute scenes in a row. Yeah. It like seemed Fence like they breakages. weren't going to end. Yeah, yeah, it was wonderful. Uh, let's get right along because we are <laughs> taking up some time again. Uh, everyone loves a two hour podcast. Uh, Addison, it's time for some questions from your adoring public. Mainly, all, all three of them. Mainly, <laughs> mainly just from us in the room, um, mate. Uh, again, thanks for sharing the mic with us tonight, um, and thanks for everything that you do for the club. Um, and and you know, I know that you, you're not going to take much credit for that. Um, but and and you know, previous guests we've had on have been similar. But you know, again, like it or not, you're a bit of a figurehead. Um, and I know your mates will give you shit about me saying that. So. Um, Good luck with that, but it, it is. It's 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 you know it's almost a thankless job, um, and it's it's one that you get. I'm sure a lot of personal satisfaction out of helping the team, um, but it's you know it's also one that you know doesn't come with too many. Uh, <laughs> it is too yeah. Many rewards. You are you're, you're kind of right, but it is one of those things that like I always see it, and the people that the people that you know I work with and that help out and stuff. We we do we do see it as a privilege. Not many people have the opportunity or know the ways to get the opportunity to support the mm. club like we do, like mm. with so many, with so much stuff happening behind the scenes. So you've always kind of got to be thankful, even, even if you're, you know, you're 50th hour into a TIFO or something <laughs> or whatever. And you kind of think, you know, when will it end? Why have we decided to do this, et cetera, et cetera. But you're always, you're always really thinking deep down, you know, I'm lucky that I get to be here and I get to make this and I get mm. to paint it because, you know, not everyone, not everyone necessarily has that access to do those things. So it is. Let's um, let's let's fly in straight off the bat. Uh, one of the questions may or may not have been from Mr. Reaper. Um, how does it feel to be the fourth best Sydney FC capo? Ooh, fourth best. Um, <laughs> clearly, clearly, I'm clearly I'm amongst an elite company. <laughs> how many have there been? Four. That may have been from Boozy. <laughs> Maybe. Well, I mean, there have there have been a few, and I mean, like, I, you echo kind of what Slow said is that um, <laughs> every every capo is more or less a reflection of the people that are in front of them, you know, and it's just about harnessing that energy and choosing the right moment or the right thing to do at each at each particular point. I think I think an incredibly long amount of time and spend a lot of time reflecting on games that I've capoed or been a part of leading the active support for. I'll rewatch games specifically to hear points where we've been, where we've been louder, mm, or where, what mm. things sound like uh, sounding like coming across the um, broadcast yeah. and stuff. So it is, it is something that I do, you know, 
I am pretty self-critical about and it would take a lot of responsibility I'm, for. I'm really glad to hear you say that because when we are exceptionally loud, I quite often look at the game clock and go, got to go to the 57th minute and listen to that back on the broadcast. Yeah, I'd, I yeah. have been known to do a bit of do a bit of that on occasion <laughs> as well. Um, it's got to be one of my most played videos is that um, Forza Sydney FC from the grand yes. final at the SFS. 1617. Was that the one I missed? It was the one I <sighs> missed, James, yes. That's unfortunate. Um, <laughs> I was in Malaysia. I mean, the, the, recent, fi- the recent finals at Bankwest, considering the limit, limited oh, capacity, were yeah. epic. We, we mean, all commented for the semis and the finals, just how great it sounded, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, credit, credit to you and, you know, the guys down there. It was just, we were just like, oh, this is brilliant. Yeah, right? I mean, that, that, was a, that was a bit of a rough experience organisational-wise mm. because we had, it may not be well known, I hope we communicated it well enough, but... Basically, the only way we'd be allowed to active support was to agree to do a certain amount of chance each half and oh, to spend wow. a certain amount of the game time sitting down. Otherwise, we weren't going to be allowed to do our thing at all. Um, I mean, you can think of think of that what you what you want, but at the end of the day, people set the rules. We can either choose to have no active support there, like a lot of other groups did, or we can wow. choose to give something that little bit extra and help the team out and provide something. I'd always choose that option over doing nothing. So, so how did you pick the moments? Um, it's kind of just a bit of a bit of reading, not necessarily having a set list because I don't like that idea. <laughs> but what I did, what I like we definitely that. had with um, Winston down the front, um, who did who did capo that particular game, um, we had kind of worked out well. What are the chance where maybe it doesn't matter too much when we're sitting down? And what are the chance that people get more physically involved mm, with that mm. kind of need the standing and that, that kind of element to it? And once we worked that out, we'd kind of just Took alternate roughly between. And if we felt like we were picking up momentum, then we'd just use yeah. a couple of the standing ones in a row and burn that time off a bit later. But I, um, dare, you know, I dare say Zombie Nation, probably not a great one in COVID times. Yeah, probably. I think we did just <laughs> swerve that entirely. <laughs> um, there are there are some chants that um, we just forget about sometimes accidentally on a game day and we we'll only realise watching back, oh, we didn't do this. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> but it has kind of gotten to that point because of the good work of other people before me and stuff where we have so many chants that some can go some can go missing or take a bit of a mm, break mm. from and reappear later. You know, it keeps it a bit fresh. Well, you know, if you if you keep running capo school um, and, and <laughs> teaching people how to be capos, um, you know, you'll you'll get you'll, you'll get over those little mistakes. Yeah, capo school is an intensive program <laughs> of conditioning. <laughs> James Murphy. <laughs> um, let's 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 go back. Let's go all the way back, and, and we like to do this with with all of our guests that come on on the pod, and and you'll be well prepared for this question, but. What, what is your Sky Blue story? How did it all start for, for Addison? Well, I mean, I'd probably have to start for my first season as, mem- as a member because before then I had kind of sporadically gone to games. But um, because I'm actually a lot younger than I look, and <laughs> all, my st- all my students say the same thing. I'm actually 28. I definitely don't look it. Um, I definitely look way more like 38. Yeah. Um, You've had a hard life. Yeah. <laughs> I, I basically, well, <laughs> obviously for studying reasons and things, for me, becoming a member was an option once I'd kind of passed mm-hmm. my HSC and stuff. Yeah. 
what a nerd. Um, <laughs> I see all the young kids. You know, I've got people who are 14 years old that are coming to, coming to TIFO and stuff and <laughs> committing their midweeks to this. And I just think, well, that's pretty awesome Legends. that you're allowed to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's happening your with studies, school? Your studies, your studies. <laughs> um, so, when, so when was that? When was member time? Um, I think it was... It was the Brent Edmonton season and I don't I I think it's eleven twelve and it was so the first man. year of those Adidas kits too, which that's Del still Piero one of my year? favorite kits. Yep. It's the year before Del Piero Del year, before the they put the flying tampon oh God, on yeah. the <laughs> on on that beautiful jersey and ruined it. Um, I have a logoless kit. Yeah, so do I. It's my it's my first one and <laughs> but it's very big on me now. Yeah. Um, so um I went I signed up to be a member with a friend of mine. Um, also my brother mm-hmm. and uh, another schoolmate of ours. So there was four of us that originally signed up. Um, the first game I can remember specifically was Gold Coast at home. Mm-hmm. We were one nil down at half time, and we went two nil down pretty soon after the, the, the second mm-hmm. half resumed. And all I remember is just the feeling and of that comeback and mm-hmm. Kissel, I think put a pen- was the penalty on like the 89th or 88th minute or something like that. Yeah. And from that moment, I was just absolutely hooked. You know, yep. I was, I was singing, we are Sydney, you know, in <laughs> car parks at Campbelltown <laughs> and um, had stuff stuck in my head. It went, went on. I, it was interesting. It was actually probably a defining moment of my separation from the rest of the people that yeah. I was going with. Um, one of my mates, um, he was in the army reserves and he went away for a few years. Mm. My brother kept coming to games, but never really got as involved or into the active support as I felt. I kind of kept going closer and More. closer and closer mm-hmm. and closer. You know, you know, you know. And yeah. everyone else I knew kept going the other way till yeah. they weren't coming at all. So there was a period actually, I think it would have been towards the end of like, end of 12, 13, start of 13, 14, and we, um, I was going by myself to games and I just mm. randomly thought out of, out of nowhere, you know, I was looking up the Cove stuff and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to go to this Cove pub. I don't drink. Um, I'm just going to go there and see who I run into and stuff. And luckily enough, after a few times of going, you know, I got chatting with um, Southie mm-hmm. who originally started the Bay 22 active movement, mm-hmm. which is kind of where I had gravitated towards or around the front of and, you know, Southie really did such a good thing of getting a lot of people who were kind of in that maybe that awkward area of like I don't really want to go all the way mm-hmm. in I don't I don't know enough people to go all the way in but I want to be more involved and he yeah. took a lot of that energy and we did a lot of good things for a good few years and eventually you know we got so good at you know helping out and being part of that active support that a lot of those people just went and became the new Nine. new yep. 23 people join yep. the current 23 people oh, and cool. you know that's how that was how i started drumming which was i think mm. around that 14 15 season there was just um one time where um mitts the Ford, former drummer camp? was kind of there was <laughs> unfortunately there was no band camp but i <laughs> i didn't i i did you know i did feel a bit nervous and a, a bit of pressure you know to get things right and stuff mm. and um Paul, who was the capo at the time, you know, he helped me a lot through that as well. Um, well, he was there until he jumped the fence, <laughs> um, <laughs> which was unfortunate. Um, then he had to sneak to get away. 
right now. No. <laughs> he got banned. Yeah. Oh, right. I thought the, that was a the, saying. The famous, <laughs> the famous incident where 100 people jumped the fence to Rosky. celebrate a goal and wow. the five people that had met with the club That's representatives right. and had whose faces were known managed mm. to get banned and everyone else was fine. So that, that was, was the uh, Derby comeback, Rosk's yeah. winner. Yeah, I think, wasn't which it? was which was a really amazing day, and it's you know it's it's tough to think about it retrospectively on that because you know spending spending two years yeah away from it, you know it can kill you, it can kill your passion and absolutely make it tough Lucky on you. I saw some people that looked almost identical to Paulie. They just wore really big sunglasses and a hood every now and then, <laughs> uh, and sat in the corner. Um, wasn't him, clearly, no. but they may have snuck into a few games. <coughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, Should we cut that part? <laughs> um, well, no, look, um, they were credit to Paulie particularly. Um, even through his ban, you know, he was still driving TIFO sessions yeah. and being a big part of that. And he was a big part of it all the way until he got actually came back for his first game, which was the 16-17 home d- um, mm. derby at ANZ. The ah. fifty-five thousand one. How good! Um, good derby was, to go to. Remember yeah. when derbies used to what be a, awesome. Like, yeah. so what a what a way to come back on. <laughs> and um, yeah, I can only I can only you know thank those guys so much and all the all those other people you know like Reg and Boozy and Slow and um, people that you know made it really easy for mm. me to support my club and you know helped channel my passion and commitment into a way where I could be more useful and take on more responsibilities. Fantastic. I suppose the guy standing in the corner, just, you know, looking at everybody painting a TIFO. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's awesome. My, my first memories of, of you at a game, or even my first game, was you at the front with the big drums going and, and just being, not, not knowing what to expect at a football game, right, in Australia, or even in general. And I just, I remember, I remember slow on the microphone, I remember you at the, the drums at the front there, right, and that, it f- as that was formative for you, that was formative for my fandom, right, and falling in love with the club and everything that was around it. So, totally get what you're saying. I reckon it's just it's just awesome to see how that keeps kind of ballooning and blossoming and flowing on and and growing in itself, right? So, um, bit of a bit of a change of pace now, though. Um, who's your favourite player, Ooh. current and past? Ooh, current. Hmm. Trying to think, it's a tough. It's kind of a tough one. Who would one. you give a kidney to? I don't. Because <laughs> <laughs> your kidney and, and liver would be, be quite, quite good. good. Yeah. Yeah. Be quite good, wouldn't it? Yeah, hopefully. That's one you want. <laughs> um, if you're gonna steal one, it's Edison's. <laughs> Can see a lot of eyes on me. <laughs> <laughs> why, why do you think we invited him in? Yeah. Why? Why do you think we got black walls in the room? Where's <laughs> <laughs> that bathtub? Sound, soundproof du- room. Dulux <laughs> weather shield. Um, Easily washable. <laughs> Um, I think currently, um, I do. I would probably have to pick Ryan Grant as someone who's you know been a mainstay of the team and regular. You know, obviously there are flashier players. You know, Ninkovic comes to mind. We've had a lot of special moments and stuff. But you know, Ryan Grant, particularly you know those two grand finals far out, yeah. you know, really really picks his moments and stuff. And, Magical nipple. You know, yeah, <laughs> the, the magic nipple. We need to need some sort of banner in honor of that. Oh, make it Too happen! Stick. We're talking Too to stick. the guy, right? Yeah. Do, do like a Ben Sherman logo, but paint it skin color <laughs> with no no descriptor whatsoever. Just you know, just <laughs> nice and subtle. Um, He's an artist. Yeah. 
But um, yeah, Ryan Ryan Grant definitely current. Um, there's you know there's so many players you know that that do a lot extra and really try and engage away from football itself. Mm. Obviously, a lot of people involved with the Cove have all the time in the world for Terry McFlynn mm, yep. as well. He's always always up to have a lot like a decent extensive chat. You know, he's always you know people that have been in touch with him. You know, he's always happy to message people actually called me the day before I got married to congratulate oh. me and oh, wish me luck. Wow. Um, you know, Jonathan has yeah. his name in his phone. That harks back to an earlier piss take of Jonathan where he was name dropping all the names that uh, he has in his phone Jonathan, to Addison. Did, did Terry McFlynn wish you... This is about Addison. This is Happy birthday, Jonathan. Jonathan. <laughs> this is not about... Uh, no? no well wishes from Terry McFlynn. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's pretty cool though, right? That's... It, it, it is cool. It's, it's actually something, you know, I don't I don't really like to sh- like to share much about it, you know, some like when these players get in touch and stuff, you know, it's something, it's something that is personal and mm. I, I don't really want to, you know, yeah. gloat about it too much and stuff, but it does, it does mean a lot, you know, whether it's, you know, someone at the club who's just kind of said, you know, oh, Addison's getting married tomorrow, mm. you know, if you want to give him a call or something. Like, they still have to That's pick wrong. up the phone and yeah, do it, they, right? Yeah, they've, they've got to pick up the phone and do it if they want to, you know. So it was, it was, it was you know, a really humbling experience for me and it does create that bit of extra connection, you know. Yeah. Even though he's over at Perth at the moment. Hopefully we still love him. Hopefully he'll come back they, they sometime club, soon. Right? They still have a club, yes. They're playing tonight, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think they've played tonight. Oh, there you um, go. I, I understand what you mean by it's quite a personal thing and, you know, not wanting to share it. But I think on the flip side of that, people, you know, like us on, on the pod here, love also hearing those type of stories as well because it humanises that person who you see on a TIFO and, a, you know, a TV interview and whatnot. It's like, wow, what a, I already like that guy. Yeah. Now, now I respect that guy, right? And it's just this this extra humanising element behind the person. So it's 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 quite fascinating. So, Well, to, to humanise him even a bit more, um, um, not necessarily personally related, but um, when we did the Legends of TIFO, sorry, Legends of Sydney mm. see TIFO that last season, um, as well as a couple of others, um, I believe Corica, McFlynn, Brosk, they all wanted to take theirs <laughs> to wow. their homes and keep them, oh, which good. we obviously agreed to. Agreed to like that's kind <laughs> oh, of good. pretty awesome. Yeah, and I think Brosk actually took his um his retirement TFO home, that little one that we managed mm-hmm, to whip up mm-hmm. in the you know half a week notice he gave us. <laughs> God, Brosky, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> the growl. But um, but yeah, you know that's always that's again really humbling. You know that that obviously means something to them that they want to take those things back. Mm. Um, what's your, what's your favorite sky blue moment? Oh, right. It's so tough. I know, right? <laughs> it's so tough. I mean, there's, so that's what we do in this pod. We yeah. ask the tough questions. Ask the tough <laughs> questions. Um, Only one. Look, it, it, it is honestly really tough. I mean, I do, I think that 16, 17 grand final will always be special as a game and a whole kind of match day experience, you know, like to have that packed crowd, that have that sort of game. You know, I really think the home end was in a pretty awesome spot at that time. Mm. Again, it's, you know, been cultivated by so many people over a long period of time to, to get to that point. Um, but also too, from a personal standpoint, I was really happy when... 
I think it was the FFA Cup final in 1718 with the Get the Set Tifo. Oh, oh yeah. Um, yeah. There's a, <laughs> there's a story. <laughs> we, we, um, so it started off with the, the Arnie one, obviously, before yep. that, that we managed to get thrown off the roof. Um, that, the wasn't, that wasn't actually the plan with that one initially. We had, we had experimented with the ideas of possibly getting things like forklifts and stuff to raise it instead of... Oh. Because it was actually uh, the Arnie yeah. thing. I think it was about 10 metres tall. Mm. And you can't find wooden beams that are 10 metres tall. So we were thinking, of, well, how do we get this up to that height? When we kind of when we were kind of discussing that more and found out that that'd be quite a hazard risk, you know, basically mm. hold a big sail up on a forklift, <laughs> we were kind of left in a bit of a, you know... At this point, we'd kind of put it all together and we were like, oh, God, what are we going to do? We're going to have to do a pullover or something and then no one's going to be able to see it anyway. Um, until, and I can't even remember who specifically said it. We were just sitting in a pub, finishing it up. Um, and someone said, I wonder if you could throw it off somewhere and drop it down. And our, immediately, our immediate thoughts were like the Cove Heights Bays and things. Mm, but mm. when we talked to the club and the stadium about it, who were being really nice to us at that point, mm. may have had something to do with them building a new stadium. <laughs> um, but they were treating us very well at this particular time. They said, well, look, there's actually a platform on this roof. Why don't you see about dropping yeah. it over there and onto over the oh, mega screen? Yeah, I'm looking at it right and, now, actually. And when we, when we deployed that Arnie Tifo, the first thing that happened because we'd put these little eyelets in the corner <laughs> with the rope, yeah. whole top of it tore off. So there's this, this <laughs> like little one centimeter strip all across the thing. We'd, we'd put it over the fence, put it, sorry, put it over the railing. We thought, yes, this is awesome. It's hanging yeah. up. And then all of a sudden, those of us on the roof just hear, <sighs> and it's dropped onto the ground. And then of course we, you know, have this moment where we're sitting there feeling sorry for ourselves which sometimes happened that at TIFO, <laughs> TIFO deployment trials. Um, and what we ended up doing is we very hasti hastily looked up and learnt some Navy knots right. <laughs> oh, to basically wow. tie those corners up with some rope. And we just had to pray that that was going to work. Wow. And for something small like that, like was mm. relatively small, that grey amount one, it worked perfectly. But the theatre of that coming down... And I remember the roar. I don't think I've heard a reaction mm. for a TIFO like that in yeah. basically all the time that I can special. remember. It was um, just that theatre of it coming down. It wasn't even particularly big. I mean, it was a decently clean image, but just that whole deployment method. Now, knowing that we could do that, we decided let's make it bigger. <laughs> let's do three of them and make them all 16 metres big instead. And when we were doing sure. when we were doing that, every, you know, everything was working out all right. But the last one, the set, would basically had about and Noah has terrible for a podcast, about <laughs> two centimeters left of material in the corner before it would tear off completely and fall to the ground. Mm. And we had to leave it like that till we dropped it at the game. <laughs> so this whole time this TIFO's coming down, we get the get, mm. and we're like, yep, I know that one's okay. The, yep, that's fine. Set comes down. I want to wait like a good length of time. <laughs> Is it safe? Is it safe? Is it safe? All right, they're pulling it back up. And that feeling of when it all worked out mm. and they pulled oh, it up wow, and it didn't, <laughs> it didn't fall to the ground was one of like- Were there cuddles up on the platform? Happiness. I'm sure there were. It's, <laughs> it's funny in some of, the, some of the photos of that TIFO, you can see people up on that top railing. Yeah. 
putting their arms I've up. I've got it stuff. up at the moment, right? There, yeah. You've got the people <laughs> over set yeah. literally like look like they're cheering, right? That's brilliant. Yeah. How good. There's, um, funnily enough, that's it also comes around to one of one of my less favourite moments with TIFOs Ooh. in that very same season. Um, one of the designs that I think would have been a contender for one of the best TIFOs that we've ever done that turned out okay but had grander plans, the Joker and the King card. Oh, yep, yep. Mm. They were meant to come off the roof as well. They were basically going to cover the entire mega screen. And they had been sized and designed to do exactly that. Unfortunately, on the day, it was pouring down with rain Mm. and we thought they were going to let us do it anyway but unfortunately as soon as someone in an orange vest came around from the <laughs> from the from the ground trust and started saying no you can't do that and no you can't do this mm. you know, it's very it was a tough one to take i mean i was um, i guess we're fortunate that we got to do it at all yeah. but um really imagining those two things covering that entire screen would have been yeah. absolutely perfect with that with that messaging and that stuff around the time too it was just really I thought a really clever and clean design and it deserved, it deserved better. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Um, Our our next question, uh, we rarely ask this on the, on the pod, but um, between the big blue and the Derby, (laughs) do you have a favorite? Is there one you want to win more than the other? That's a tough one because I don't think I can measure it. I almost can't measure it in terms of wanting to win. I would, I hate to lose derbies more. Mm. I feel like when we, I feel like losing to Melbourne Victory because they often have a good side and stuff. Mm. It's almost like you kind of walk into that with a bit of a fifty, like almost mm. a fifty-fifty oh. thing where you're like, all right, this could just not go our way. But with derbies, you just want them to stay down there yeah. <laughs> and not not ne- yeah. not near the top of the tables. But mm. I can't, I can't think of anything that would simultaneously be awesome and also dread it so much as to play them in an actual finals game <laughs> in the A-League because yeah. I'll never be I don't, in the final. I don't think I could possibly handle the stress or deal with the, losing the, that particular game. The cup game. semi was enough. The cup so, semi was enough. So, yeah, I think I think even like looking back at the one all on the weekend, I felt more frustrated about that than some losses to okay. Melbourne victory. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, tell us about the road to becoming a capo. How did it all come about? Because there's been some quite good ones in the past. Lowy was decent um, <laughs> and then it's peaked. Um, tell us, how did it all become to become a capo? Yeah, look. Um, was there an advertisement? It's, you know, it's, not, not, it's not really quite an advertisement. Um, it actually, it probably starts even before other people remember. It was the first Parramatta away derby. Mm. And Slow might not actually even remember this as well. But at that time, I stood right next to him. It was one of, it was probably one of my first games where I stood right next to him. We didn't particularly know each other at this time, and I absolutely sang my lungs out for most of that game. And at halftime, slow, not knowing who I was at the point, turned to me and he said, "He said, you're doing more work than me. You should take this." <laughs> Pretty low bar, anyway. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and he's going to be so low and low and behold, <laughs> what four years, four years, three, four years later, I was holding the megaphone and doing my yeah. first game. I think the first one I did was a 15, 16 Newcastle away, and I think I started 
doing the away games more because obviously, you know, people with more structured work at the time and stuff, you know, you can't make those out-of-state away trips or even the trips to Newcastle that are on like Friday nights and stuff. Mm. It can be a little bit tough. So I started doing them and then that was while I was drumming too and it kind of just moved on where the first home game I can particularly remember doing was the David Carney Melbourne victory game, the 2-1. Oh, I missed that game. Um, <laughs> we'd, done a, we'd done a TIFO for that as well, like a little nice coloured pullover thing. It was pretty simple, but it, mm. it, it looked it looked good enough. And that was my first game capoing. And okay. I kind of just snowballed from there. Um, again, Just it was just more about finding someone else who could drum at the time. Yeah. Um, luckily, we had young Luke who still does it a bit to this day. And we had another another kid called Josh who we haven't seen a little bit as much lately, but um, come back, Josh. Luckily, uh, luckily, you know, were there they, nerves in those days when you were doing it for the first time? I think um, there were there was a little bit of nerves, but I think I was also very conscious of like trying to build a trust and a relationship with the people in the cove because I think it's very different when you're facing people, even with a drum as such. You know, you've got to build that rapport with mm. the people that are there and know you know, what they like, how to get the best out of them. And mm. sometimes it's not, you know, just calling them a pack of assholes or <laughs> whatever. And, Fucking see. You know, go, go <laughs> going off at them like that, you know. There are there are moments for that, but I feel like to, to, to use moments like that, you have to earn their trust through yeah. other ways first. So I'd often try and make lighthearted jokes or try and put things around in like a more comical way or use a particular chant that I thought worked well for getting people up when things aren't necessarily going the best that kind of lightens the mood and stuff. So, And then you got your little cage thing. Little and then we did get our little cage thing. Mm, um, capo stand. Yeah. Yeah, was, actually that kind of, I don't know if that wasn't around for, that was around just that season, wasn't it? Yeah. It was, yeah. It was a pretty, it was Standard pretty new. Yeah. Uh, lucky I got a box. I got to stand taller <laughs> than all the other ones. <laughs> um, lucky me, but um, slow needle at most. <laughs> Full <Now>, slow. <laughs> um, Addy, there's been so many chants, some wonderful, amazing chants. Um, do you have a favourite chant, albeit past or present? I'll I'll always, you know, despite not being the most, you know. Lyrically intricate chant. I'll always have space for Forza Sydney FC. Mm. It's an old yeah. It's because I guess that that the time when that came in was around when I had started doing the capoing, and mm. I felt I felt partially responsible along with Raúl, who had initially introduced it at the time. I felt I felt ownership of getting that particular chant was going. Was that trialled at an NPL game? Oh, yes. Or that a was youth game? I think I was at that game. <laughs> the NPL 2 grand final was where it made its first yeah. appearance. And it was ma- originally okay. it was intended to be a lot more like it kept going on and on mm-hmm. and you would sit down and get back up and sit down and get back up like much quicker. Mm. When you get to a large crowd, it can be difficult to do that and convey mm. that. Mm. So it ended up becoming a bit more of like Drawn a build-up thing. Which I think actually worked. Brilliant. Ended up working in its favour because you kind of get that everyone knows when it's starting and everyone can feel it building up. So it's got this nice build up and this crescendo, right? Yeah, and yeah. And obviously the pinnacle of that that sixteen seventeen grand final and hearing like the entire stadium singing that that chant yeah. that we had helped <laughs> introduce just at the start of that season. You know, that's just 
Is, is, you is can't, you can't a, ask for things better. Is there a terrible chant or a silly chant that sticks out in your head? You just shake your head out and go, and what were Who we ate thinking? All the pies? Or, <laughs> or, or someone suggested one and you're like, not on my watch. Look, I tend to... My, my, my kind of idea of active support, and I think it's something that a lot of people have put in place over years before me as well, is that active support is about supporting your own team and as a side gig of that, sometimes it's about getting on the opposition. As, you know, sometimes I'd prefer to, you know, focus more on us. So sometimes, mm. you know, when you hear the occasional chant pick up, you know, muskets of Peter and stuff <laughs> or whatever, you know, it is, it is a bit of a laugh sometimes too, but at some points I do think, I do sometimes Support think like, you know, you know, if, sticking behind the team and being loudest for that is more important. Sometimes it irks me a bit when, you know, we can say, you know, fuck you, Western Sydney mm. scum. And that's like one of the loudest things we can do at the Derby. <laughs> and it's not really about us. Yeah. It's, yeah. You know, it's, I wish, you know, like we have more our, retaliation. Yeah, we have yeah. loud moments ourselves. And I think it's more just because that's a simple chant. But, yeah. you know, I, I do prefer focusing yeah. on positive us, less negative them. Well, I, I, I think at a Derby, it's probably a toss up between that and Forza Sydney FC is the loudest. Yeah, um, I definitely sing the loudest during Forza Sydney FC. But I think the players will get more out of hearing a Forza Sydney FC rather than yeah. "fuck you, Western Sydney scum all day." Like that's going to make them want to run that yeah. bit harder. And definitely, mm. I, I remember actually with Forza Sydney FC, and I don't know if this is how it ended up becoming a bit more widespread. There was one game, and I don't even remember what particular home game it was. I made this massive hundred meter sprint to one of the sidelines. Yes. And I said to this sideline, I was With like, you know, you guys can probably do this better than them. So let's give it a go. <laughs> and I ended up basically having this like bay of active all the way on the sideline. And then the middle would pick up. And then I did this 200 meter sprint to the other <laughs> sideline to do the same thing. Um, and I did that a couple of times because it seemed to work out and people oh, people enjoyed that bit See, of lucky you don't drink because you would not be doing <laughs> that. <laughs> the bladder would be gone. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was, you know, that extra bit of interaction with the sidelines always a bit yeah, good I love too. That. I love that personally. Up. That's really good. I um, and, and, and we spoke about this earlier, but um, thank you for giving um, Yorty Boyce, try and understand him, a go <laughs> at that ANZ derby. I really appreciate that. Oh, that was yours, wasn't yeah. you? You wrote that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Andrew, actually, Denton and I, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Inspired on that's that why one. it sucked. The other, the, the other one, and, and this is an exclusive chant, right, for the Cove that everyone can pay me out about. Um, and this, is, this is look, this is a European one, right? This is take take. You know, I'd like some feedback. This on is this, one. this is this, this is good. legitimately Australian Idol audition. You've shifted no, yourself. No, this is, so this is a Leeds United chant. Your entire body language. This is not going to get a touchdown. This is a Leeds United chant. Um, oh. We all love Paolo Retro. So, um, which so, which is microphone? Oh, hang on. So he's magic. You know Maurizio Pochettino. No. <laughs> no. Paolo the Sydney Perlo. We I actually remember this Paolo because the Sydney Perlo. at the time at the time we had tried and failed with doing the same thing for Philip Holosco. Ah, did we? Oh uh, yeah, I, I yeah, I can see it. It's you'd really have to draw Ooh, out Holosco. a vowel somewhere. Yeah. 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 But um, the but Sydney yeah, that didn't Paolo the Sydney Perlo. We've had, we've had a couple oh, of you know, pretty failed play a chance like that. I've always I've always wanted to do for Bobo now that he's making his comeback. I always we had two. Slowly had one that was to gold. No, gold. Yeah. Gold. Oh, 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 oh spend up. Yeah, spend up. Yeah. Oh, 
They're like, Bo, Bo, <laughs> always believe in Bobo. <laughs> he is the one who scores goals. Oh. He is unstoppable. See, much always better than me at this shit. But, um, That's why he does what he but, does. But um, people, Bo, again, Bo, that, Bo, Bo. that didn't have, again, because that's so ca- catchy and it's the first thing that happens. Often what's, what is the first thing that happens? Like Adam LaFondra to freaking mm. Seven Nation Army, mm. whatever happens first ends up being what sticks and doing yeah. anything after that is kind of hard. It also... Um, I had a. I tried another one for Bobo that was to like Coca Jumbo. Oh. <laughs> yeah, 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 Bobo. Nice. <laughs> How good. good. I actually don't but mind that one. That's pretty good. Yeah, but again, because everyone knows the other one, yeah. <laughs> it's almost imp- <laughs> it's almost going to be impossible to get it Even going. Even the club's again, getting so. on the he's Brazilian thing now. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's become it's become mainstream. We've lost that boat, I think, unfortunately. Uh, and I, I think we, the three of us, need to congratulate congratulate you, the the Cove lyric writers, the the collaborators, on the absolute beauty that was Sim Sim Dion. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, I actually have heard a couple of people. Oh, I think it was Chris said he didn't like the Sim Dion song. No, no, it wasn't. You Chris. keep you keep chucking these outrageous he's, comments. I know. on he's, he's on these, pe- these people can. don't exist. They're myths. That's right. Yeah, no, right. But that was uh, there was someone we know that didn't like the Sim Dion song. Oh, um, but I just thought it was brilliant, and the club just got into well, not the club, but the players, the players got into it. it right. Yeah. Just tell Chris to stick to Teenage Fan Club. All right. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. might not have been Chris. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's another 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 slowy special whispered into the ear, and you know. Yes. Uh, the, funnily enough, though, the, the massive schlong part was not his. <laughs> was it Tavares's? No. <laughs> the, the, massive, the, massive, massive sh- the massive schlong part was actually an ad lib from a few good guys. Um, uh, call out to Jonathan, Chris Teddo and Pat. Pat, who now actually is one of, I think is one of the assistant coaches now with the club. Wow. Um, who um, kind of chucked, chucked that in ad lib one time and it picked up and... Obviously, everyone likes singing about massive songs because it, it really takes <laughs> off. It was just hilarious. Yeah. Um, it, I, you know, you remember the first time you heard it. You're like, did they say that? Is that, is that in the song? You know, it just think, takes I, you by surprise. I think part of it is like the ridiculousness associating it with Sim Dion, who by all accounts is quite like a studious, you know, intellectual mm. person. You know, it's very... Very mild mannered and polite and stuff, and then his songs just you know he's got a massive <laughs> dick. <laughs> it's, probably, it's probably true. Um, couple couple from uh, some friends or um, foes of yours. Uh, is it, it so? This comes from Axel, uh, but also Chili. Um, what's the story with owing people burgers? Oh, and and because I noticed you didn't. Like Sean had a burger tonight, but you didn't have one. So no, no, an empty burger. Can no, I? I reckon you've promised food and you haven't delivered a third burger. I've I've promised food and been correct, and because I've promised food, people have subsequently claimed that I was wrong. <laughs> so, so what happened was it was this in relation to the fourteen fifteen TIFO, which was the ten year anniversary in the flags, and All right. we'd spent a good couple of months. You know, Paulie, myself, the two Santoro boys and Axel and Southie as well, um, sewing these flags together and tearing this material. And, you know, it's a lot of time. And by the end of it, we got to it and I said, and they were all saying, you know, we probably haven't made 
we probably haven't made 600 flags or however many we, we'd planned on making. I reckon there's probably more like 500 or something. And I said, no, based on the material that we've torn up and the stuff that we've done, we've actually made more than 600. I reckon there's closer to like 650, 700 flags here at least. And they're all, you know, now you're talking mad. And I said, I will buy triple burgers for everyone <laughs> if there is less than 600 flags Ooh. in this in this TIFO. And it's the qualifier and if. If. Yes. And the point the point is is that obviously no one is actually bothered to count <laughs> and therefore is up to subjective opinion. So Ooh. who's who's Whose opinion matters? Is it the person who is not is trying not to buy the burgers or is it the <laughs> army of people who want burgers bought for them? <laughs> That's a conundrum. James, can you bring up a photo of that TIFO and count them individually for me? No. <laughs> um, Addison seems like a good dude. I don't want to put him out of pocket. <laughs> well, I mean, we did the maths on it. There was at least one flag every third seat and there's 2,100 seats in those three bays in the cove. So that's okay. it should be 700 flags. Now- okay. I don't think your friends agree with you. Probably not. <laughs> oh, yeah, by three. Yeah, 700 flags. Yeah, there we go. And my quick math uh, pays out, uh, uh, serves us again. Quick question from Jubal. Um, Why did you take so long to do the conspiracy shirts? <laughs> um, that is a good question because the design, <laughs> the design has been around for a while, and very popular. it was it was actually it was actually around before it actually became more of a thing. Um, it's actually um, Chili or Alex, and in particular his wife Leanne, who um, mocked put that all together, and we loved it. And it was kind of like one of those things that we loved, and then ended up not doing much with. And mm. it kind of had a bit of a renaissance when we found this old image of it and it was incredibly pixelated and we turned it into a little fence banner and started putting it on the capo stand at Cogra, uh, right? And it kind of got a bit more mm -hmm. prominence then. Mm -hmm. um, people started to like it. We thought, all right, we should probably put this on a shirt. It'd be a good idea, wouldn't it? Um, so we asked Leanne and Chili to very kindly, you know, try and redo it for us if you can so that we can get a better quality version of it so that we can, you know, get it made and Happily, they did that for us. And ah. ever since that, you know, it's it's turned out to be pretty successful. Um, Very popular. St still got a handful of them left, but um, but I think um, they'll be gone mm. as soon as we have a physical a physical store sometime, hopefully in the future, rather than solely being online. Mm. Mm. Let's talk after the pod. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, now, th this is an interesting one. It's from mm. Regan. Um, oh, God. Yeah, I just... That's not good. Yeah, I'm not sure. So uh, the thing is, uh, about getting married, it seems like a an event, right? You, there's fanfare, there's all this type of stuff. Mm. Um, calls then, from Terry course, McFlynn. To, no. Calls from Terry McFlynn. There's also the kind of post-wedding holiday, the, the honeymoon, if That's you would. Uh, apparently you had quite an extensive European trip um, with your new lovely wife. Uh, sounds yes. like she's a bit of a saint. Um, Still married. What was the best part of your trip with oh your new dear. bride? Because there'd be so many highlights that yeah. you would have had. Which, together, if you had I mean, to pick one event, what was the event you oh you commonly this pick? Is, this is this is yes. This Just, is this is a story in itself, <laughs> of course. And Winston will also be loving this as well. Um, so there. we actually, for our honeymoon, we went round the world. We got a round the world oh, ticket. Wicked. Luckily, oh. luckily, um, 
Nate, who's a Cove member and works at Flight Center, everyone should definitely hit up if they want to plan any trips. Um, for 2023. Really good, yeah, for, for sometime in the far future. Um, you know, he set us up really well and we're lucky, actually lucky we got to do it considering mm. as soon as we landed about a month later, everything shut down with COVID. Oh, you're that newly married, right. Yeah, so okay. this, was, this was over the back end of 2019, start yep. of 2020. Um, wow. And how, a how this has become a story is because we were on a long drive down to Melbourne. I think it was for that that Melbourne game in March or somewhere. Um, and this question, I think Winston or Reg may have asked it. And they said, you know, it was it one of our first games back? And they're like, so what was your favorite bit of your honeymoon? And I instantly said, Leicester away. <laughs> like Are a you full. a Leicester fan? No, I'm I'm actually a Liverpool fan. I Sorry have, to hear. Yeah. <laughs> I have a I have a bit of a history with the Liverpool Supporters Club New South Wales, oh. who was actually run by really really nice people oh. and a lot of Sydney members too that sit in Cove Heights as well. Um, they um yeah they're really they're really good over there. But you know I've been a long time Liverpool follower. And so um, did your wife enjoy the game? Um, she did not come to the game. Um, Oh. Are you still married? Still I married. am. I am still married somehow. <laughs> um, yeah. What happened? What's the paperwork go through? <laughs> <laughs> so what had happened was is that I'd actually gotten her a ticket, but what our two tickets because they're so hard to come by, yep. they weren't actually next to each other, and she <laughs> she kind of felt uncomfortable about going and possibly Ooh. standing by herself. I thought she'd possibly be able to move next to us, but because things are so different over she there, really I wasn't sure you, how. she really loved you. <laughs> oh Sean. So what? we so it's on the we um <laughs> we went to um we went to Leicester, which is a thrilling place. Midlands in the, right, in the Midlands, yeah. you know, full of things to see, mm. such as Primark mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and hey. local local stores. Mm-hmm. Um ninety pence socks. And <laughs> I was gonna get these tickets and she decided to stay in the hotel room and not go. <laughs> And I decided to go. Because and how long of a trip was it to the ground? Um, I think it was about, a, well, actually, it was a two and a half hour bus from London that we took. Um, and it was about a 30 minute walk to the ground. So I walked to and from the stadium. I'm not making this any better for myself. I don't, you, yeah. When uh, do you start uh, digging up? <laughs> I did. I did do something nice with my... Actually, it's probably going to sound stupid now anyway. I did <laughs> with my second ticket. I bought her flowers. I thought you were about to say with your second wife. <laughs> brought her back with, the second, with the second ticket, I did end up giving it to someone local who had made the trip down from Liverpool because I thought, well, I've paid for it anyway. Mm-hmm. Someone's not coming. I'd rather that seat be filled by someone. And they were... They were over the moon about it. I was going to say, five minutes before to kick off, did you get a call from someone. your wife saying, yeah, I'll do it? <laughs> no, I, I, I did actually. I'm pretty sure I did Who ring to confirm this? that she definitely didn't want to come because <gasps> make, sure, like, make sure she wasn't going to come in a taxi or something. Um, look, I went in. We won 4-0. It won us the title that we'd been waiting for ages. It's one of my favourite footballing experiences. Um, the way, their weigh-ins are, are, so, are so particularly yeah. awesome in, in those leagues because... Because those clubs have been around for so long, everyone knows the songs. You've got, you know, a corner of three, 5,000 people and every single person in there knows the songs and that just, you know, creates something amazing. And yeah, and that's how I dug myself a hole instinctually. 
<laughs> what a great story. I'm sorry you got um, you got roasted with that and uh, put run over the coals, but uh, a worthy story. No, we're not. It just it just really makes you reflect, like just how bloody stupid men can be sometimes, <laughs> and how absolutely forgiving women can be occasionally. Occasionally, so it's, it's good to have. Um, look, to end on this note, Addy, um, where to next for the Cove? What happens from here? I mean, obviously we've got COVID, but let's say, you know, things get better and, you know, uh, the A-League's now independent and blah, 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 blah. What's on the horizon? What's there to look forward projects to? projects on the horizon? Yeah. Yeah, look, um, to talk about that a bit, there's always kind of like a cycle with actives. You know, people have their seasons where, you know, they can be involved and for whatever reason, life takes them a bit further away and mm. they can still come to games and be a part of it, but maybe aren't necessarily as involved away away from the ground and the match day. But um, we currently have a really good crop of young guys that are coming through. All of them, you know, like I said, some of them as young as 14, some of them as old as, you know, 22, 23. <laughs> But we've got like a, Jeez. we've got like a, um, it's a good, so, it's a good solid youth group that um, Winston's leading, and just like in in past times before us with other groups, you know that we've had um, that have come through, the youth really have to take ownership and be the leaders. It's not it's not up to us as the as kind of the old people to say you need to do things explicitly this way and you can't introduce anything new or do things your own way because this is how it's set forever. So I think that a lot of those young guys have good plans to spice up things in the home ends and bring a few more chants through and maybe do a few different things organisationally. And, you know, my my role now as part of that is to, you know, offer them advice and guidance to, you know, help them steer the home end in the, in the right direction and get the best support going that's possible um, without necessarily being too overbearing and, taking control of it. So I think in the future there's going to be a lot of exciting things. How amazing. What a great culture we've built up, right? Um, you know, look at some other um, support groups and they seem quite gatekeepery, right? And you belong, you, you come into this club, but you'll do what the club says, as in the supporters club. Um, but it's, you know, from, from the couple of conversations we've had yourself, Slowey, Grant, mm. It's all about these new ideas, these fresh people coming in, these open doors, and it, it's really encouraging, really awesome to hear you say that as well, yeah. right? It's, and it's don't be, and as as Addison just said, don't be shy. Yeah. Come up and say good day if you want to discuss with Addy, you know, anything about TIFO crew or, you know, some chants or, you know, whether bats are actually monotremes and lay eggs. Um, you know, just, just, just go up to Addison and just, just ask him about you know those sorts of things. Yeah, definitely. And look, we we learn we learn that we learn that kind of openness from the examples before us. You know, people like Southie and Slow and Grant and Dan Reg and stuff. You know that have have been so open to me, and I only learn from the best and definitely follow Reg. that example. Definitely, Reg. Um, <laughs> without without further ado, I think we've broken our record from last week with we um, with Rowdy, mate, thanks so much for letting us uh, get into in depth with you there. And funnily enough, you actually mentioned um, earlier your, your favourite current player was Ryan Grant. And just as a very, very small token of our appreciation, um, there's a little, little badge for you to take away with you of um, the luscious oh, locks. Wow. Of, That's uh, a full full blue mullet and everything. Yeah, so That's great. Cherish, uh, this uh, is going to become a banner. Yes. Um, <laughs> that is that is on behalf of former sponsors of the pod, striptease.com.au. Um, <laughs> but... Enjoy, <laughs> enjoy that um, 
Lovely badge. And mate, thanks again for, for coming in and being a part of the podcast. No worries. I'm very happy to have the chat and thanks for having us here and I hope I haven't flatlined too many listeners. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. Uh, that's another edition of Sky Blue Stories. Get in, uh, get in your questions next week. I'll be taking a break, which I'm sure a few people are happy about. Uh, and Aren't we, James? The one and only, uh, so the one and only Whispering Jack, Brendan Slowey. We'll be back uh, in the studio with James and Sean next week to host. Gents, looking forward to that? No. Can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. Enjoy that and uh, enjoy the podcast and the listens and enjoy your football. We'll talk to you. You won't.